106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Today, the president blamed Putin's invasion of Ukraine for not just higher gas prices, but also higher food prices. Putin's invasion of Ukraine has driven up gas prices and food prices. Uh, inflation was at 7.4% in January for the invasion. Uh, in February, it went up to 7.9%. Putin didn't invade until the 24th. So how are people supposed to believe the Putin price hike is to blame for food prices going up when the timeline doesn't add up? Why the fuck you lying? Why you always lying? Hi, Dr. Fauci. I was wondering if it's okay if I celebrate Christmas this year with my family. Am I allowed to do that? Can I do that, Dr. Fauci? Hi, Dr. Fauci. It's it's me again. I'm I'm kind of hungry, and I was wondering if it's okay if I eat something. Am I allowed to to eat something? Is that is that okay? Hi, Dr. Fauci. I was gonna do a load of laundry. Is, is it okay? Am I allowed to do laundry? Is that, is that okay? Hi, Dr. Fauci. Am I allowed to take a shower? Can I, can I take a shower? And do I take my mask off when I take my shower, Dr. Fauci? I was gonna go for a walk outside and I'm outside right now and I don't know if I can be outside. Dr. Fauci, is it okay for me to go outside? I just got in my car and I realized I might not be allowed to drive. Dr. Fauci, can I drive? Am I allowed to drive my car, Dr. Fauci? Dr. Fauci, I... I, I was gonna pet my dog and I, I, I realized I don't know if I can. Do, is it okay to, to, to pet my dog, Dr. Fauci? Is it okay to brush my teeth, Dr. Fauci? I mean, could something get on my toothbrush and kill me? I, am I allowed to brush my teeth? Is it okay to get dressed, Dr. Fauci? I mean, can I change my clothes, Dr. Fauci? Can I have coffee, Dr. Fauci? Is, is it okay if I have some coffee? Is agreeing to voter ID one of those compromises that you'd support? I don't think that we should underestimate what that could mean. Because in some people's mind, that means, well, you're going to have to um, Xerox or, or, or photocopy your ID to send it in to prove you are who you are. Well, there are a whole lot of people, especially people who live in rural communities, who don't, there's no Kinko's, there's no Office Max near them. People have to understand that when we're talking about voter ID laws, be clear about who you have in mind and what would be required of them to prove who they are. Of course, people have to prove who they are, but not in a way that makes it, them, it almost impossible for them to prove who they are. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. 
I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Uh, but she's had the flu for 14 days. Should she get a flu shot? Well, no. If she got the flu for 14 days, she's as protected as anybody can be because the best vaccination is to get infected yourself. And that'd be the same with COVID. Same applies to the coronavirus. If she had COVID, if she really had COVID, she doesn't need to get the COVID shot. She, she could get one, you know, she can do one shot just as some extra protection. Be safe. So just one and done. But I think really one and done is probably all she needs because then the sort of, if she's already at the doctor's office, she might as well get a second shot. So two would be combined with the natural immunity. Natural immunity, two shots, she's good to go. And that would really be all she would need, except for the boosters, of course, because those offer this sort of extra uh, immunity towards the virus that, that the natural immunity can't really protect. Then she's protected. And then of course, just to be sort of extra safe, I would just get a booster shot every six months for the rest of your life. And that'll sort of just get that ultra protection going. And that's really all, all the time that I have, but you wanna be careful to just sort of do the right thing, so. Well, that all checks out and everybody go do the right thing. Good evening, everybody. This is Lou Benninger, and you're, you're listening to No Hostages Radio. And uh, this is our 158th episode, and it will broadcast on 4-9-2022. We're happy you're listening to us uh, and hope you're having a good time. It's in the evening. It's kind of getting hot out here in California. We're in Northern California, up here in Yuba County, and I'm sitting under a fan that my friend Dave Green has put in for me because we uh, this I live in an old house without a typical air conditioning, but uh, we have this cool fan here that just kind of keeps the air moving and keeps this equipment cool. So uh, I think of him every time I turn on this, this uh, system. Uh, if you... Uh, because we call No Hostages Radio, uh, you might be able to catch us at the podcast source of your own, or you can go to nohostagesradio.com and catch a bunch of our podcasts from the past all together and some articles that we write over there. You can uh, email me at lou, L-O-U, at nohostagesradio.com, lou at nohostagesradio.com, that's L-O-U, and you can text me at my phone number, 530 one eight three eight five three zero seven one three one eight three eight. You can text me or you could uh, call me there. I am on the left coast, so might want to keep that into consideration. Unless you just want to leave me a message or send me a text, either way is is good. I'll mention that number later. Also, when I talk about another project that Dr. Cassidy and I uh, are working on, this will pop up as I mentioned on four nine, the morning of four nine, and we also do a live show from ten in the morning till one in the afternoon here as well at uh, KMYC fourteen ten a.m. If you're interested in listening to, to that, but you're not right in our two counties here that kind of 
or maybe there's four or five counties that actually can hear hear it live. You can go on a, um, uh, a website that delivers uh, live shows, uh, live streams called live365.com, live365.com. Click on radio, put in KM, M like in Marysville, YC, and it should pop up and play whatever's live streaming. So we'll, we'll be live streaming uh, our time 10 to 1 on Saturday if you care to listen to that show instead of this or uh, in addition. It is a little, we, we have some repeat material that we use, the clips and things, but we also. Uh, have new material as well. So I'm not trying to hustle you in anything. I'm just telling you what's going on. Um, and we also have a Facebook page called Live with Lou. And and we post uh, the show over there as well, as well as some articles. So hope you're doing good. Uh, we always have plenty to talk about, but I never talk about what I'm going to talk about like some hosts. I just, I just like to get right to it. I wanted to talk about the... Uh, when you look at the the fraud of uh, COVID, in fact, there's going to be a conference coming up called uh, the COVID Con Number Two. Let me see if I can pull it up really quick here. Uh, let's see, COVID Con Number Two, um, and we're going to have. Um, if you listen to the last show, we're going to have. Uh, Vladimir Zelenko is going to be here. David Martin is going to be here. This will probably be live streamed uh, all over the world. Uh, Dr. David Martin, Dr. Vlad Zelenko, I call him um, Vladimir or Zev Zelenko. Dr. Kerry Madej, uh, who got culture canceled early on in the uh, COVID fiasco. She's from down in Georgia. She had a couple of clinics down there. Kevin Jenkins will be here. Dr. Henry Ely, who was put on, putting on COVID con number two. And many more leaders uh, will be promoting this more uh, later. But it's May 12th, 13th, and 14th. So you'll be able to attend this uh, live uh, and set in on it. Or you can uh, catch it live stream. I'm sure there's going to be a cost to it. Uh, they put it on. It's hosted at Church of Glad Tidings in Yuba City, California, or Live Oak, California. It's between Yuba City and Live Oak. It's on uh, Highway 99 and Eager Road, 1179 Eager Road in Sutter County. So um, May 12th, uh, 13th, and 14th, and there'll be more uh, more information later. But uh, I wanted to mention that because uh, there is a growing concern among medical doctors that um, the way that we're delivering medicine and the dictatorship of delivering medicine, uh, the uh, centrally managed system, a communist system now of delivering medicine, and they're trying to culture cancel you if you have any other views on uh, medical treatment than the czar of medicine, wherever the czar of medicine is. So, for instance, if if a doctor had a different view on um, how to treat COVID, uh, there now are laws being uh, designed and passed to uh, take your license from you. In other words, you either do what the Fauci's of the world say or you can't practice medicine. And so one of the breakthroughs in this recent COVID 
con was the many, many doctors that just looked at their patients, diagnosed their patients, and treated them with inexpensive drugs that had been on the market for many years and saw thousands of people uh, recover. Nobody go to the hospital. Nobody died. Doesn't matter how many comorbidities they had or other ailments. And but what what they uh, what's going on right now, including California, is they're trying to mandate by law that if you're a doctor, you have to do exactly what the head medical pol- political uh, regime in the United States says you have to do on how to treat a patient. Now, if you remember uh, Simone Gold, who uh, was one of the first doctors fired for giving uh, her patients in the ER, I think down in the Bay Area, hydroxychloroquine. And she did that several times. The patients recovered immediately. And her uh, other doctor or above her in the ER told her to knock it off. And uh, she said, I can't believe I, I didn't think we practiced medicine like that in the United States. I thought doctors had a right to come up with their own solutions to things, not having a bureaucratic solution. And they fired her. So that's been going on all over the United States. Many doctors have been fired from trying to do the right thing. And so now they're trying to put that or memorialize that or make that sacred and put it into law saying that you can only deliver the protocols to your to your patients that the head docs like Fauci, who doesn't even has never even seen patients. If whatever Fauci says, like if he says give give them rendisivir, even though that fifty percent of ebonic, uh, uh, excuse me, Ebola patients died from, if he says it, you got to do it, or you'll lose your license, you'll lose your medical license. Now, why is that? Uh, how how have we how have we got to this place? Though, from what my understanding is that big pharma now basically is controlling the entire medical training the medical graduation, the medical uh, boards that certify doctors and oversee doctors and penalize doctors if they think they get out, get out of line and put them on probation, all that big pharma is controlling all that. So big pharma wants to dictate what's done in our country, not doctors, because they want to sell medicine. They want to sell pharmaceuticals. So uh, I had a guy I was talking to, the, a cattleman, the other day that I uh, flew to Cambodia with, he and a team of farmers, to help orphans in Cambodia several years ago. And um, he was telling me, you know, in the background, I, I, I remembered, he he's, uh, must be approaching 80 years of age, and uh, he had cattle feed lots and, and bought and sold cattle, and that was his business. And then the other farmers were dairy farmers and all kinds of farmers, almond farmers, so uh, anyway, we were talking on the phone the other day, and I could hear his wife jabbering in the background, like you can with a lot of married couples. And uh, it, it startled me because years ago when we flew to Cambodia, she was an invalid, and uh, she was on hospice. And you only put people on hospice if it's estimated that they have six months or less to live. So they put her on hospice, and she was on, according to my friend, uh, the husband, she was on 17 different medications. And so uh, he was a, a caregiver, and then he had a couple helpers. And, and so in the background, his wife was jabbering on the other line, the other phone, and sounded like, oh, full of fire. She's all fired up. So I said, hey, hey uh, she, he mentioned something about his wife. And I said, I said, Gail, I thought your wife was on hospice. Like, what's going on down there? 
And he says, Lou, he said, I told uh, the doctors to uh, that because she was dying at home and uh, they were just giving her comfort, <clears throat> making her comfortable. And uh, so I told the nurse one day, Gail said, um, why don't we just take her off all these meds since she's going to die? Uh, why are we keeping giving her all these medications? And the nurse said, no problem. And they removed all 17 medications and she recovered. Isn't that amazing? So she's, she's all fired up. She's got some mobility issues with her legs at her. She's 80 some years of age, but isn't that amazing that she, they took away all the medications and said, don't let's just drink, drink liquids, eat food and go on and see what happens. See what God's going to do. And, and she got better. And so, uh, big pharma is, is, uh, are, is not interested. The big pharma corporations are not interested in the health of America. They are interested in, in pushing their, their medications and their profits. That's what they're about. So all along from the very beginning of COVID, uh, to right now, it's been corruption at every single level from local doctors selling out because of money and and uh, being afraid of big pharma and in the medical boards and local health officials just telling people to do things that absolutely made them sick and so uh, and then then there was this huge amount a great amount of money that was given to each uh, jurisdiction all around the United States massive amounts of money that was just given away buying people off so let me tell you what I I, I uh, mean by all this <clears throat> the other day i was reading an article about san francisco and the article was talking about will san francisco recover because uh many many of the buildings are empty now people left the city people have uh left living there they uh when they realized they could work remotely they moved to faraway places that are um, less toxic uh than san francisco and uh so and and in a lot of uh Large companies have left San Francisco. So we have housing uh, empty. We have big real estate office buildings empty. And so they, the question was, will San Francisco rebound? And um, so th the guy was discussing all the, the ailments uh, of San Francisco and suggesting uh, that it probably has a good chance of not rebounding you think, oh, that'd be impossible. San Francisco's like, oh, they would also, you know, always rebound. If you th if you look back at Detroit in the 1950s and 60s, it was the auto center of the world. Today, it's it's rotten from the inside out commercially. And uh, so, in this article, it was amazing to me. Just stuck right in the middle, like a, just a little diamond, right in the middle of the article. It said that the budget they were upside down budget wise in this in the city of San Francisco alone by the billions of dollars. And you know what they did with the COVID money? It did, it didn't heal anybody. It didn't fix anybody. It didn't prevent COVID. It didn't like uh, clean up the city. What it did was they, the federal government bailed San Francisco out with COVID money. And all they did is pay off the debts of the city. Now, that's what happened locally as well. I want to read you this. This article is titled The Messed Up World of COVID Relief. I got a, a call this week from a guy in Orville who uh, lit me up, uh, lit us up over at KMYC because we have, we've been having technical problems. 
uh, on the live show uh, with the clips, and uh, we got we got a spike from Pacific Gas and Electric to damage some of our equipment. And now, when we play the, play the clips, some of it you can't even listen to them, which is really uh, troubling to me. And he was troubled. He was upset about it. And he didn't like it, so he called. But uh, anyway, he was letting me know how he said, Lou, you always talk about the same things every week. You ought to change it up a little bit. I said, oh, what do you mean by that? And he says, oh, you're always talking about Dr. Lou and COVID and all this stuff. And I said, well, COVID is running our lives. It, it's like it's going to be a recurrent thing. It's a theme of our lives now every few years. So Anyway, I'm going to do a couple of things he suggested because he like he, he said, he, I'd like it better if you did this. So I'm going to add that in. He'll notice. But I wanted to tell you about, uh, have you ever seen how uh, different congressmen or senators have done these uh, waste lists every week? Why the waste? And uh, this is kind of like that. But it says, uh, according to a recent report, the list of projects being funded by federal COVID relief money includes all kinds of laughable expenditures. Right. So the Sutter County and Yuba County supervisors both didn't want to they 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 traded off their friends and their constituents. They traded their businesses. They allowed the government to crush their businesses in exchange for millions of dollars. Did you know that? That's what happened. The next time they say we you know, I'm going to you know, I'm going to do what my constituents want. Do you think any of the constituents wanted them to shut their business down? According to a recent report, a lot of crazy expenditures. And so how about this? Building a Florida hotel with an 11,000 square foot spa. That's what COVID money would use for down, down there, down south, southeast. How about a minor league baseball stadium renovation, renovated in New York, New York City? Tourism campaigns in Puerto Rico. Golf course, and, and golf course irrigation installation in Colorado. Helping an Iowa tourism campaign to port, uh, sorry, helping an Iowa county buy a ski resort. And another uh, favorite, $2.5 million for parking enforcement officers in Washington, D.C. Does that have anything to do with COVID to you? All this had to do, this is just on and on and on. Just check, check the rest of this out. Uh, this is just actually the author said, author said this just scratching the surface. So, uh, where is this all coming from? He suggests it's called from, it's coming from the American rescue plan. Did you know that this COVID thing, they were going to rescue the Democrats are going to rescue America. In other words, they did, they rescued San Francisco, didn't they? Because San Francisco could not pay their bills. They just have run that city into the ground and run good businesses away and people are bailing out. You know, at one time it was very hard to even find an apartment in San Francisco. You'd pay like $3,000 for like a one small one bedroom, just a hole in the wall. And now people are fleeing that thing like rats off a shink, sinking ship. The answer is the American rescue plan. It's a $1.9 trillion federal relief package that was signed into law by president bite me. On March 11, 2021, as part of the package, $350 billion was allocated to state and local governments to help them weather the financial crisis brought on by the pandemic. Who brought the pandemic on? The leaders of the global cabal, the reset. It was all planned. The Bill Gates of the world, the Klaus Schwab's of the world, uh, the Anthony Fauci's of the world. 
the Peter Daszaks of the world, the Francis Collins of the world. That's who brought on COVID. And it triggered just a complete insane asylum of delivery of money. And our supervisors just lapped it up. They were like thirsty dogs with their big tongues hanging out. These governments chose to spend the money in some of the most amazing ways. But the guy says, doesn't take a rocket scientist or a ski slope engineer to see that these governments are, aren't exactly in the business of COVID relief. You know, it's interesting because our local health officer told people, told doctors to tell people there is no treatment for COVID. And uh, what we want you to do is just go home and stay home. Don't come out of the house. Unless you get really sick, then we're going to bring you to the hospital. We're going to put you on remdesivir and a vent, and then and they won't tell you this, but they're going to they're not going to allow you. Uh, you know, people around the United States even fought, and they said, "Hey, we want to put our, we want to put my dad on ivermectin. We'll buy it ourselves. We'll bring it in." Nope, they had to go get judges to step in. It was like gnarly. So this is this is interesting. The Florida Hotel, check this out. Broward County, you've heard of Broward County in the uh, election law frauds, right? Broward County, uh, there's a story behind the hotel in their county. Initially, they initially routed $140 million in federal coronavirus aid to the hotel project. $140 million of corona money, COVID money, goes to a hotel project. But it ran against tre Treasury Department rules that generally bar spending the money on large capital projects. This is supposed to be COVID relief money. I'm going to take a break right now. This is first break of five. We're going to have five more segments, and then we'll be right back. Creative Light Theater presents the original musical drama, Darkest Before Dawn. The disciples of Jesus struggle to comprehend what is happening to their beloved master. Just when the crowds were acknowledging him with a parade of adulation, throwing palm branches, calling him their Messiah, everything changes. Betrayal and mob conspiracy lead to Jesus being taken into custody and charged with crimes he didn't commit, and then led away to his death. From the Last Supper at Passover, celebrating and laughing with Jesus, to the hill of Golgotha, watching him die, the disciples mourn their unspeakable loss and question everything they've learned over the last three years. Then the promise is fulfilled. Jesus returns from the grave after three days. Darkest Before Dawn is showing Sunday, April 17th through 20th at 7 p.m. nightly at the Embassy Theater at Glad Tidings. Admission is free. This is Life Issues with Brad Mattis, president of Life Issues Institute. For the first time in many years, live births to black women in New York City outnumbered black abortions. The reversal of this tragic milestone was reported by the Summary of Vital Statistics 2017, the most recent statistics available. 
The trend of declining abortions was present in every major race. During a four-year span, Hispanic abortions dropped by a third, and Asian abortions declined slightly more. Blacks experienced a decrease of nearly 30%, and whites dropped by 23%. There's so much work to be done. Black women in New York City are nearly three times more likely to have an abortion than white women. Planned Parenthood's business model of targeting women of color has not abated. Follow us on Twitter at Life Issues USA and stay informed, more informed than you've ever been. Who decides what you eat? You? Turns out, no. Some towns banned Happy Meals. One banned all new fast food restaurants. My town's mayor wants to limit the salt I can eat. And if you sell certain things that the food police disapprove of, you better watch out. There was a loud banging on the back gate. And I said, what's going on? It goes, we have a warrant to search the premises. Not long ago, federal and state officials raided Rawsom Foods, a food co-op in Los Angeles. They started walking around. They drew their guns, and I'm like, why, why are you drawing guns? They searched me. It seemed like they thought we had cocaine in the papayas or something. Their crime was selling milk that hadn't been pasteurized. They just went into our freezer and they just took gallons and cheeses and whatever they wanted. A year later, the government raided again. They also raided Sharon Palmer's farm, which supplies Rossum with its natural food. These people come and invade, ripped my house apart. They took me down to the county jail, booked me, photographed me like a criminal. Palmer and Rossum's owners were charged with six felonies. They could go to jail. All because... Health officials say raw milk can be downright dangerous. It can. Unpasteurized means the milk hasn't been heated to kill the bacteria like salmonella that can give you stomach aches or kill you. But raw food buyers say things like this. It's pure and healthy and um, makes me feel good. Oh, please. That's ridiculous. But don't free people have a right to be ridiculous? The hell? This is America. How are you going to tell me what I should and shouldn't eat? Right. I eat lots of Dove bars. These aren't good for me. I also eat chicken. The CDC says because people don't wash chicken properly, bacteria in it causes lots of illness and many deaths. But we don't ban chicken. When a government gets between my lips and my throat, I call that an invasion of privacy. Joel Salatin's one of those back-to-the-earth foodies. Hey, pig. Why do you want to drink raw milk? Because I want to. I think it's healthier and it's, it's good for me, and I've drunk it all my life, sometimes legally, sometimes illegally. Most states ban the sale of raw milk, just as they ban unlicensed lemonade stands. Wait, 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 wait. I can't give it to you. Don't drink it. I could get in trouble. Although my lawyer told me that if no one drinks it... I have to get it back. ...and I don't make any money, then this is probably legal. You're silly. That indicates this whole societal prejudice against terrible business people. You know, anyone who's in business is a cheater, a villain. The CDC says hundreds of people have gotten sick from raw milk. More than that have drowned in uh, backyard swimming pools. I think we should uh, fill in all the backyard swimming pools and outlaw them. Life is risky. You can die from it. I mean, ultimately, ultimately, you and I should be able to choose our risk. I mean, I think eating Cocoa Puffs and eating Twinkies and drinking Mountain Dew is risky. But I'm not asking for a government to, to tell you that you can't do it. For 30 years, Salatins farmed 500 acres in Virginia. Hey, turkeys. 
and he's seen government pass more and more rules. Every day I look over my shoulder, okay, what are they going to find illegal tomorrow? Salathan would like to slaughter his own animals to sell to his neighbors. But as with raw milk, it's only legal if he doesn't make money. You can go into the woods and shoot a deer, put it prominently on the hood of your blazer like an ornament, take it around town in the afternoon sun for a couple of hours, and then take it home, string it up in a tree until you skin it out, cut it up, and feed it to your children. And that's being a great American. But if I take one lamb or one pig and get all the neighbors together, and we have a community killing like they used to do, and one neighbor pays me a penny, I'm a criminal. It's logical to think we need government to protect us. If that is what you think, that's fine. Go, go ask for government protection. But allow my customers and me, who don't have faith in the government, let us opt out. Hey, pig. Basic food freedom of choice should be as important as the freedom to worship, speak, or own a gun. What you doing, pigs? Hush, hush. Baby, don't believe a word. Hush, hush. Honey, don't believe a word. Well, you don't know nothing but believe everything you hold. Hush, hush. Just a jack to jack all the time. So this uh, hundred and... Um Where's my $140 million? Amazing. Generally, it says the Treasury Department frowns on spending COVID relief money on major capital projects. It's supposed to be relief money. But as it turns out, there was a gaping loophole in the rules, one that county officials quickly exploited. To get around prohibition, the prohibition, the county adopted a, a common workaround. This is typical of government corruption. The agenda from February 22nd county board meeting details how they're going to do it. In a back-to-back -back series of unopposed votes, commissioners clawed back the federal money. They gave, they gave it to the hotel. Then in a later meeting, they voted to take it back, and they transferred it to the county's general fund, describing it as a federal payment to cover lost tax revenue, which is an acceptable use. Then the cash was transferred from the general fund right back to the hotel project. Technically, the writer said they didn't break any rules because they label it as COVID relief money. County Administrator Monica Sapero insisted no federal funds will be used to pay for any of the cost of developing the hotel project. Of course, it's not hard to see what's really going on here. They're just laundering money through the government troughs. Putting aside the intended use of the funds, it's tempting to think that these initiatives are still economically beneficial. After all, these funds are giving governments a boost, which will, in theory, provide benefits to the communities around the country, even if they really aren't necessarily related to COVID. At least that's what you think, taking politicians at their word. In reality, this kind of resource reallocation is quite harmful to our nation. For starters, there will be likely they will there will likely be private hotels, ballparks, and ski resorts that will lose customers simply because the government rigged 
the odds against him. You know, the government here in Yuba Sutter County has rigged the odds against businesses. They shut them down repeatedly, shut them down, open them up, shut them down, open up. People didn't know what was open. And then they gave money to their favorite friends. And the key guy in the Sutter County case was a guy named Dan Flores that was managing the board. And even when uh, probably a majority of the members of the board of uh, supervisors in Sutter County wanted to open back up and let people get back to normal, get their businesses open, Dan Flores stood against it. And that's in October of 2021. So that's just a little taste of uh, COVID craziness and of I hope I can find some of these wastes of money. I think some of the COVID money, in fact, went to pay for homeless hotels in, in Yuba County and Sutter County. So, but it's interesting. Uh, it's, it's interesting. Uh, COVID has become, I mean, uh, homelessness has become a, a political uh, phenomenon just as COVID has. I, I got a call today from a California Department of Transportation a uh, friend of mine works there, and he called and said, hey, there's a, a guy in one of the departments here. He's a leader and a trainer and stuff like that, and he's being he's going to lose his job because he won't test. He won't, he won't take the jab, and then he won't test. They want him to test almost every day or something like that. And uh, so uh, it's interesting how you have people like Juvenile Hall, Tri-County's Juvenile Hall, that are continuing to mask kids. That is child abuse. And so we have what we have institutional child abuse. You have Yuba County has CPS workers, child protective service workers running around arresting people for child abuse. Then we have we have investigators now hired by the uh, Sutter County supervisors for the health department. They're they're health department people that are investigators to see if you're you're managing your covid world correctly. Right. And. uh what we have is a, a takeover of our communities by people that claim they're conservative people, people that claim they're uh, they have an R after their name, but they really are just uh, they're posers. They really don't. They really don't represent the conservative view or the Constitution of the United States or the Constitution of California. Uh, this last weekend. On Saturday, we had uh, Chris Ann Hall. I, I was teaching here or talking on the radio, but Chris Ann Hall on teaching the Constitution and Sheriff Richard Mack was there. I heard there were like 250 people at the meeting here in town. It was a great success on teaching law enforcement people and elected officials and citizens on how to take the oath of office seriously and understand really what the oath of office is. Just reading the Constitution might help you a little bit, but doesn't really do jack. You need to be taught what went into the Constitution. I, I uh, talk uh, occasionally about uh, black people uh, because it seems that the media can only paint a picture of a black person that's a crack addict or a whore or uh, a ne'er-do-well, uh, somebody that just uh, gets a hankering every once in a while and and goes down and breaks out a plate glass window, steals some ten tennis shoes and a bottle of vodka. So uh, I like to bring up people that all the way back, all the way back in the 1900s, the 1800s, uh, when it would be easy to go out and be a prostitute or a crack addict or smoke weed or do opium or whatever. And these people 
right right out of slavery these people are actually you know the people a lot of the blacks today act like they actually experienced slavery <laughs> it's like they're great actors but these the people i talk about actually were born in slavery so dorothea or dorothy lavinia brown was born in, in philadelphia in january 1919 to an unwed mother who moved to troy new york and then placed her in an orphanage when she was five months old in 1925 brown's estranged mother then reclaimed her several years later only to see her run away from home on five separate occasions and she was only like six years old back then when she started running away at age 15 the last time brown ran away from her mother she enrolled herself in high school recognizing that she it's amazing to me we got blacks that won't stay in high school or beating up the teachers but here she enrolled herself in high school recognizing she had no place to stay the school's principal arranged for brown to live with a foster parent parents who became very positive in her life brown went on to graduate at the top for high school class at the age of 18 then enrolled at bennett college greensboro north carolina where she graduated number two in her class in 41 then did crack and dealt crack in north carolina no she didn't do that pretty remarkable right well there's more following college brown returned to upstate new york where she worked as an inspector at the rochester army ordinance sorry not ordinance ordinance like uh weapon weaponry department for two years before returning to school to study medicine at at uh, Meharry medical college in nashville tennessee after graduating from medical school in 1948 brown became the first african-american female not a male female to be appointed to general surgery residency in the racially segregated south Fast forward to 1957, and Brown was named Chief Surgeon at Riverside Hospital in Nashville, and in 1966 became the first African-American female to be elected to the Tennessee State Legislature. She just got, she knows she got born early enough that the Democrats hadn't poisoned her to go on welfare, right? Become a, a, a pillow mama. Became the first African-American female to be elected to the Tennessee State Legislature. Along the way, she also became first unmarried woman in Tennessee authorized to be an adoptive parent. So she's a single woman, and at that time, they wouldn't allow singles to adopt a child, but they would allow her, a black female. Back in, you know, this is like the early 1900s. Check it out. So it's, it, it's had the blacks gone backwards? They started in slavery. That was, was that a slavery, a high point for the blacks? Certainly was in and right afterwards in their uh, their uh, their home life. They had you know. Do you know the 1920s and 30s that that the uh, married couples there was a higher percentage of married couples in the black community leading families than in the white community in the 1920s and 30s. Do you know that? How did that happen? How did that happen? The government didn't have a thing to do with it. What the government had a thing to do with was in the 1960s when they passed all this, they thought we're going to make everybody wealthy by just handing out money. That's going to help people. It called The War on Poverty. That was when I was going to college. War on Poverty. There was a book called The War on Poverty written by a socialist named Michael Harrington. And Lyndon Johnson just bought it hook, line, and sinker and just totally, they spent 15 20 trillion dollars on this and we have as much poverty today as when we actually have we're worse shape today than we were back in the beginning 
saw this sign, thought it was interesting. It said it didn't start with the gas chambers. It started with one party controlling the media, one party controlling the message, one party deciding what is truth, one party censoring speech and silencing the opposition, one party dividing citizens into us and them and calling on their supporters to harass the them. It started when good people turned a blind eye and let it all happen. Listen, people, that's just what's going on today. That's exactly what's going on today. Someone uh, sent me this. It's a little stick figure. You ever made a stick figure? That's about as much art as I can pull off. It says this guy's standing. He's got a bow to all. He doesn't have any clothes on, just a stick figure. And so he's got a little smile on his face, a happy face. And he's got a boat. He's got a tie. This is Dick. Says Dick moved out of a blue state to escape Democrat high taxes and failed policies. I got a lot of guys, uh, my friends, who are like this guy named Dick. They all fled the same for the same reason. Reason, Dick moved to a red state, but still votes Democrats. Still votes for Democrats. Then it says, "Don't be a dick, and do the same." I tell people that are moving to Boise, I said, if Daniel was alive today, Daniel from the Bible, would he stay in Babylon or would he move to Boise? Something to think about. If you've never read it, you don't get the point. But if you've read about Daniel and Babylon, uh, God uses his people in sticky situations and doesn't remove them to make it easier for them or so they could carry open. A lot of Christian friends of mine have fled to all over the United States because it's easier, it's cheaper, it's this, that, and the other thing. Uh, what I told them when they left is I said, just want, hope you're hearing from God and not just uh, wanting an easier life or cool life wherever you're going. Let me tell you, anybody, wherever you're listening from in the United States tonight or tomorrow morning, it's coming your way. You either are going to have to do what the founders say in other words, take control. And Chris Ann Hall says, I've just been reading a Chris Ann Hall book this week. Been very, very, she's a good writer. She's very bright. Either you're going to act like a patriot and get involved in your community, or you're going to lose your community. And I don't care whether you're in Texas, Florida, Tennessee, Missouri, you better Take control of your community now. And I'm talking about the local community. You're, if I've told people, I've been talking to the Freedom Co. people, and I said either you, you, we are either going to take control of Yuba Sutter counties or we're going to lose the whole thing because don't you think for a minute you're going to have influence in Sacramento or, or uh, the federal government if you cannot elect proper people from off, elect proper people that are conservative patriots and constitutionalists. There's not one supervisor that I that I have confidence in on either of our Yuba Sutter counties that understands the Constitution or will stand on the Constitution. I'm not saying they some of them don't make some right decisions sometimes. I'm telling you, we need people that are going to go back to the Constitution and even sacrifice taking all this money and say, I want to be free. I've told people over and over, I want to be free. I don't care whether I'm poor. I'm okay with poor. I want free. I don't, I don't have any sense. I, I have never uh, desired to have riches. 
It just doesn't impress me any. People don't impress me. They have a lot of money. Not a bit. I would rather hang out with a, a homeless person. I'm totally comfortable with that. I'm, I want freedom. So uh, that is a major concern that we need to think about. I want to. Uh, so we need you to get involved and get involved quickly to stand up for uh, removing people from office. Now, every one of the supervisors that is being opposed in either of Yuba Sutter County should be re- removed. They should be removed. What do they have to do to sig- signify to you to remove them? Do you, did anybody campaign on the fact th- that uh, in previous elections that, that if given the opportunity, they were going to ruin your business and close your business for you? <laughs> do you don't you think that's enough? Telling, having a health officer run around and tell you you can't leave your house, you got to stand six feet apart. Are you sick of seeing plexiglass shields everywhere you go in between you or people with masks? Totally. There's people that are so screwed up right now. I don't think they'll ever overcome it. They're going to wear their masks the rest of their life. It's just, it's just unbelievable. It's unbelievable. While back, I, I was, uh, trying to get into the glad tidings warehouse to load up some stuff that I was going to distribute somewhere. Uh, they redistribute a lot of uh, products out there to needy people. And so a big rig driven by a Ukrainian guy, uh, we just, they just loaded out and they were donating a lot of stuff to the Ukrainian people down in Sacramento to, to use from their projects. And so the guy was pulling out onto Live Oak Boulevard, and there's a kind of a, you kind of have to pull up. You have to go up to get up on the highway, the street. And uh, he started up, and then he let off the gas, and I had backed in behind him into the, towards the warehouse, and, and uh, he rolled back and, and clipped the, the front corner of just like, it's just like somebody breaking your lip, just scrunched the corner of my car. I couldn't get out of his way because I had warehouse behind me and, big truck rolling backwards just not with any uh power behind it but it was just uh the guy just let off the gas and it rolled back say 10 feet and rolled right in the front of me so i've been driving around with a busted lip on my car and uh i took it over to where i get my cars fixed whenever i have a problem and and uh, like that with the body over to allen's auto body in yuba city and um so they or ordered me. They don't, you know that they don't fix they don't fix the body anymore. They just pull the piece off and replace the whole piece. So they had to replace the fender, and uh, the hood, and uh, the front of my my car to make it all right. Even though it got minor dings on some of it, but it's just looking funky. So we replaced it all, and I just got it back this week. I'm so happy. It looks like a brand new car, and uh, Kevin and Carrie. Uh, Clark run that have run that thing for years at actually they used to work for somebody else Kevin did and then they retired so Kevin just took over the business and they've been running it there you know in medical practice they doctors say I'm practicing medicine they're not practicing over there fixing cars at Allen's Auto Body so that my car looks like a brand new car though it's like almost 100 years old and uh, so if you need your car repaired uh, and you're in the Yuba Sutter area check out Allen's auto body at uh, it's very simple down it's it's just a couple doors over from north valley paralegal that supports this program so uh at the corner of tea garden and sutter street is Allen's auto body really easy to get to from either county and uh they'll make your car look like unbelievable 
Do you remember, if you got any years on you, remember Earl Scheib? Earl Scheib, uh, I think they were in Sacramento, and there was all this competition to how cheap they could paint your car. And Earl Scheib used to claim they could paint a car for like $29. Is that unbelievable? Just, I think of that sometimes. They can't be that cheap. But, you know, that was back when gasoline was like 25 cents a gallon. Do you remember those days? And a pack of cigarettes is about the same. You get cigarettes and a gallon of gas for 25 cents each. And then you could take your car down to Earl Scheib, and he would, he would like, hose that thing for $29. So anyway, if you need your car fixed, uh, you get in a little, somebody breaks the teeth out of the front of your car or dings the side of it or something, something, you need a body fixed, put it back together. Uh, check out uh, Kevin over there. He's a great guy. His wife's beautiful, and they've been uh, running that business. His son works for him over there and some other people. So check it out. All right, so we're going to go on here. we got a, a minute or so left. Um, okay. I I think my guy – let me just mention uh, – well, I don't have time to do that. I was going to talk about Dr. Cassidy, and, and I got a guy I've been working with that – you know, it's amazing to me. Some – times you work 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 hard 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 and things don't work like they should should you try to get somebody into a rehab and then then you talk to somebody else that's been using a lot and and you give them some resources and they kind of just they kind of just move forward and do good so that's what my friend he, he went to an appointment t- today and uh, he's got a really good job and he's been drinking got too much drink and uh, so anyway Good things are happening, and uh, tomorrow's Tattoo Day at Church of Glad Tidings. Dr. Cassidy's going to be over there uh, straightening people out, cleaning people, cleaning stuff off people that they decided they wish they wouldn't have put that on there. Okay, so uh, we're going to take a break, and we're uh, coming back in just a few minutes after some clips. Okay, hold tight. tongue long enough. I have to speak out about the atrocities happening in Afghanistan. And of course, I'm talking about the lack of following CDC guidelines. It is atrocious. I see you gathering in groups, and I know you're doing it to beat people and kill people, but have some respect and do it from a distance. Maybe use a longer stick or flog so you're not up close spreading your droplets. And if you're going to chant, I know you're excited. Before you chant death to America, keep the volume down. Or better yet, text each other. Maybe send a happy face emoji or a fireworks emoji. If you're going to stone somebody to death, sanitize the stone first. Otherwise, you got a super spreader event. And finally, beheadings. Before you chop someone's head off, put a mask on them. Because that head's going to plop down and roll around spreading the virus. It just makes common sense. The young men and women who have volunteered to serve and protect their communities as members of the United States military have been under attack by their own government for over a century, experimented on like laboratory animals with mustard gas, plutonium, Agent Orange, and depleted uranium. 
But what we are experiencing now is the final destruction of the entire U.S. military from within. Those with enough sense to refuse the gene therapy shots are being forced out of military service. Navy SEALs who refused the jab have been denied deployment and even denied permission to travel for medical treatment. But more than two-thirds of the entire U.S. military have chosen to receive this life-altering vaccine, which has now proven to be catastrophic. Attorney-at-law Todd Callender, who is representing the U.S. Navy SEALs versus President Joe Biden, has recently reported an 1,100% increase in U.S. military deaths as a result of these mRNA injections. And based on their latest data, they expect this number to soon rise above 5,000%. A leaked military database from the Department of Defense shows us that while the public was being told that it's a crisis of the unvaccinated, the Defense Secretary and Upper Command knew 71% of all new cases were among the fully vaccinated. The Department of Defense knew what they were doing, and the proper charges are genocide. If you look at all of the documentation, Pfizer's documentation, that they, uh, we did mass spectrometry on their vials, we know what's in these things. And in fact, they even admit that they added an HIV protein into the shots for the purpose of disabling people's autoimmune. Right? They couldn't slip these lipid nanoparticles, which are in fact little bombers that carry pathogenic proteins um, to, to effectuate gene modification in the individual, gene therapy as they call it. In order to get those lipid nanoparticles past your cellular defense, your body's defense, they had to disarm your immune system. And they did that. It's in all the scientific papers. What they didn't do is undo that. And right now they're coming to understand this. People are showing up HIV positive, People with three shots have no immune system left over whatsoever. There is no other way to characterize this other than intentional homicide, the unlawful taking of a human life, except that it's in large numbers, which makes it a genocide. A vaccine delivered AIDS epidemic. That's right. That's correct. I would like to ask you, Professor Friedman, to give us a brief outline uh, of you, what you see as uh, the ideal society, your personal utopia, if you would like. <laughs> Well, my personal utopia is one which takes the individual, or the family, if you will, as the key element in society. I would like to see a society in which individuals have the maximum freedom to pursue their own objectives in whichever direction they wish, so long as they don't interfere with the rights of others to do the same thing. In such a society, I believe you do need a government, but the government has a very limited role. Its role should be to provide for the national defense, to provide for protecting one individual from coercion by other individuals, and finally, to provide a mechanism whereby we can formulate the rules that will govern us, the rules that decide what we regard as private property, what we regard as the rights of individuals, uh, legislative process, and as part of that, a mechanism for judging differences of opinion. So you would have essentially in my good society a very limited government devoted to the tasks of defense, of justice, of legislating rules, and very little else. <laughs> the rest would be left to the free individual activities of individuals joined together through the operation of a private and competitive market. At the moment we, we have uh, 
uh, in your opinion, I guess anyway, too big a government and uh, very far uh, from uh, the ideal society which you have described, which would be the best way to attain, to realize that dream? There is only one effective way to do so, and that is by democratic means, by allowing the people to express their views. I have been fascinated by the fact that in country after country you have a paradox. You have what is supposed to be a government of the majority. You have a representative government. And yet that government repeatedly does things that a majority of the people oppose. You go around in the United States, for example, where I know the situation best, and you will find that a majority of the people in the United States think government is spending too much, imposing taxes that are too high, and would like to see government cut back. At the same time, the representatives of the people through the parliament, through what we call the Congress, you call the parliament, uh, follow policies which lead to those results that the majority deplore. The reason for that, I believe, is that we, don't, we have a defect in our governmental institutions. What we have is a situation in which minorities, special interest minorities, are able to exercise undue influence. In my opinion, so far as the United States is concerned, our solution to that is going to be through public action, which will lead to constitutional provisions, setting narrower limits on government. That was a device that was adopted in the 18th century by the founders of our country in the original Constitution. And we need to reinforce that, in my opinion, by using the Constitution to set narrower limits on the scope of government. So I'm telling you about Dr. Cassidy, if, if you have an addiction problem, uh, you could call up Peachtree Health, 749, that's 530-749-3242, and just uh, click on, I think they have so many options, they drive me nuts. Click on, you want to make an appointment, then get asked for Dr. Cassidy, and when they ask you what for, just say you want, uh, you have, uh, the topic is addiction, that's the problem. So uh, hook up with him, and uh, if you have any other, other problems, if they, won't, if they won't make you an appointment or some hitch in deal, you can text him at 530-682-8648. Don't call him, just text him, 530-682-8648. Or if you have problems with that, you can dial me up at 530-713-1838. We will get you help right away. We'll get you in and get an appointment, even if we have to make it ourselves from the back end of Peachtree. And we will get you in. We'll get you to whatever you need. If you need inpatient, outpatient, medication, whatever, we'll help you get off whatever you're on. Tobacco, fentanyl, uh, methamphetamines. By the way, the methamphetamines ain't what they used to. They're, they're making people really stupid. I've been pe seeing people up and down East Street. Oh, baby, they are, they are conversing with another world. So I want to... Uh, read you something that I thought was just the coolest, if I can find it here. Uh, okay. Come on, baby. I know it's... 
down here somewhere. So uh, this is about an airline employee. said it happened at a New York airport. Uh, the airline gate agent, you've all, you, if you've flown much, I've flown lots. So there's always those days that are just gnarly. You know, your plane gets canceled or that won't fire up. It's got a mechanical problem and just like a nightmare. Oh, I've had it where I needed to be in Shanghai, China in like 20 hours and the plane wouldn't fire up, which is like, oh, and I had a whole team with me. So this airline's gate agent in New York um, had a predicament. Plane got canceled. And, uh, you know, you always have people that think they live above everybody else and they're going to stomp to the front of the line and scream and shout and then uh, get get better care than everybody else. So at a United Airlines flight was canceled and a single agent was rebooking a long line of, of inconvenienced travelers. Bummer, man, it's tough. That's tough. Suddenly, an angry passenger pushed his way to the desk. He slapped his ticket on the counter and said, I have to be on this flight. Now, the flight couldn't fly because they had a problem. And he said, not only that, I have to be in first class. So the agent replied, I'm sorry, sir. I'll be happy to treat, try to help you, but I've got to help these folks that are in front of you first. And then I'm sure we'll be able to work something out. The passenger was not impressed. And then he asked loudly so that do you, you, you ever been in a situation like this where people got to raise their voice so other people can then get involved. So then they put pressure on you. Right. So he asked super loudly so that the passengers behind him could hear. Do you have any idea who I am? Without hesitating, the agent smiled and grabbed her public address microphone. I love this. this I wish I could think this fast. And she said over the public address, you know, those address microphones where it just goes up and down. You know, Johnny, we lost Johnny. Come to come to kiosk number four and we have your son. Right. If you have a son named Johnny and he's missing. Right. So she gets on the mic and she says, may I have your attention, please? We have a passenger here at gate 14 who does not know who he is. If anyone can help him with his identity. Please come to gate 14. So everybody starts laughing hysterically, right? Because this guy said, do you know who I am? And the guy was glaring at the United agents, the United Airlines agent, and gritted his teeth and said, F-U-C-K-U. Without flinching, she smiled and said, I'm sorry, sir. You'll have to get in line for that one, too. The moral of the story is life isn't about how to survive the storm, but how to dance in the rain. I love that story. Kevin Kiley, who is assistant chairman of the education committee in the state of California, and he's the candidate for the new District 3 for Congress, United States House of Representatives. It's his first run for Congress, and I was sorely disappointed when I was informed by Eric Eisenhammer, one of his staff members, that Yuba County is in his district, but not all of Yuba County. And I thought, oh, no, don't tell me. And I'm in the wrong part of Yuba County. I'm in Douglamalfa, the biggest rhino wallflower in Congress. 
He's, he's an embarrassment to our community. And so they said, Lou, the only part of Yuba County in Nevada County's in on the deal. Placer County's in on the deal. There's lots of counties in his district, but just the only part of Yuba County that's in his district is the mountain area. It goes around Wheatland. It goes around Oliver and Linda, and it goes around Marysville. It leaves out all those population spots and just does the upper hills. That's all it does. Good for you. I'm happy for you guys up there. I tell you, I would move up there if I could find the perfect spot and get in his district and get out of Lamalfa's. So Kylie says, the new math scores show California 8th graders testing at the level of 5th graders. Isn't that if you are a parent, would that be so disappointing when you got your scholastic scores back? Gavin Newsom calls our nation, our, our our state a model for the nation. I want you to think about California for a minute. No matter whether you left or are still here, in what in what perspective or what aspect of California would you say we're a model anymore? I can't think of anything. I cannot think of anything. So also, uh, you know what I do? I need to, I need to play something right away. I'm going to play a clip. I've I've got to talking and rambling on. Uh, I'm going to play a clip with Arturo from uh, Canada that just got out of jail and he's on house arrest. Pulowski, be right back. Pastor Arthur Pawlowski has lost count of the number of criminal charges that have been brought against him. He's committed no actual crimes, of course. His crime is resisting Fidel Trudeau's mandate tyranny and keeping his church open for believers to come in and worship God. Anyway, Pastor Artur just got released from jail after 51 days of incarceration. But just like the apostles 2,000 years ago, he isn't intimidated. He says that he will continue to fight against tyranny, and he urges his followers to do the same. Because if they stay united, they far outnumber any police or army that Fidel Trudeau can throw at him. By the grace of God, prayers have been answered, and that allows Pastor Artur to join us now. Thank you so much for being here. We appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much for standing with me. I first, first of all, I want to thank you. Thank you so much for all the prayers, all the support. I felt that when I was in solitary confinement, that's what kept me going, knowing that there are people out there that God is using to expose this tyranny. So I want to thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the church has largely acquiesced to evil, sadly. Pastors have preached, love your neighbor lies from the pulpit encouraging masking, social distancing, compliance, even the bioweapon jab. You haven't. So this has set you apart, leaving you open and separated from the majority of the flock. Uh, unfortunately, you're like an anomaly. Do you think that because of that, the overall weak stance or complete lack thereof of a stance that the church has taken has allowed you to be more easily targeted? Well, for sure. Now, imagine if all the pastors, clergymen, and uh, church goers would stand together. I mean, we are... Uh, unbelievable power. They would not be able to do this to me and others like me if the church was united. But you know, the never-ending story, divide and conquer, right? So they have been dividing us and they're conquering us. Actually, let me suggest something to you. We have been conquered. God is 
allowing the enemy to conquer us for time being to separate the real deal from the fake, the goats from the sheep, the sheep from the wolves. He's purifying his church. You see, when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were given an option to bow before the golden image, to wear a muzzle or to a social distance and shut their churches, uh, they were sticking out like sore uh, toms. Uh, they were easy target and off they went to the fire. But let me say something to you. In the fire, God deals with your enemies. In the fire, Jesus shows up to set you free. In the fire, you have a testimony. In the fire is your promotion. In the fire, Jesus shows up and, and has a, a coffee with you. So I want to encourage everyone to go to the fire because that's where your answer is. That's where God deals with your enemies. I think the church missed that part. I think the church is not reading the same Bible I am reading. From the very beginning to the very end, there was, um, there was a number of people that were resisting evil mandates, evil uh, tyrannical uh, commandments of men in order to keep the commandments of God. The chapter four, book of Acts, we, uh, you be the judges whom we are to obey, you or God. Chapter five, we must obey God rather than men. I think we're living again in a book of Acts and people have to make a choice. Either they will bow before men or they will keep bowing before the living God. Do you think any of the cops that were there to arrest you regretted being there to do that? Do you think that they recognized that they were acting as Satan's minions? Some for sure. I had even jailers coming to me privately apologizing for what was um, happening to me. They even came to me and they said, it's administration, it's coming from the politicians to treat you in this way. When they put me in a metal box, uh, they were told that the administrations, um, you know, the head, uh, the director was telling them to do this cruelty. So what did me. you say to them? So, I mean, because they're following evil orders. They don't have to do that. They can throw their gun and badge down and walk away from it and repent. I mean, it sounds like a, a cheap cop-out to me. I'm just following orders. Where have we heard that before? Yes, exactly. And that's what I said. One jailer comes to me and says, I have a heart and I know what they're doing is wrong. What would you do if you were in my shoes? And I looked into his eyes and I said, I would quit. I would never participate in this great evil. You have a choice. You can quit. You can say, I will not participate in this evil. That's our choice. By, by saying, I'm just following orders, you have become part of the beast that is doing this to us. And now imagine if every good person would walk away and stop participating in this, uh, they would absolutely have no, no power uh, to continue to do this to us. So obviously you were preaching the gospel, the word of God, while you were locked up, incarcerated, uh, but you were only locked up physically. And now they have you, from what I understand, locked up in your own home. You're still on house arrest. You cannot leave the confines of your home, which has now become your new prison, 24 hours a day. That's right. Uh, they, have, they have released me from prison because of an international um, pushback. There were tens of thousands of people that are calling them the, the premier Jason Kennedy, this liar, manipulator, turncoat, traitor uh, to Canada. And finally, they were sick and tired of that. So they released me from prison uh, into a new prison, my home. So my conditions are better, but I'm not allowed to leave my house. If I step out of my house on the sidewalk, I will be immediately arrested. And I was told multiple times that they will be waiting for me uh, to re-arrest me. Uh, so once a week, I am allowed to go to, to a church. 
And then I, after the church service, immediately I have to go back home. And, and it's, it's unbelievable. So the fight continues. I have over a dozen criminal charges still pending, about four or five court trials uh, coming up. You know, I'm picturing this. You said that they'd be waiting for you. That means that there are people that will actually follow these orders. And we have to pray for them because the only thing that can save these tyrannical communists from hell is God. These demonically inspired oligarchs need to repent and walk away from this evil agenda or they'll be judged. I mean, I've read about hell, Pastor. It's not a place that I would want anybody to go. And I mean anyone. Unfortunately, a lot of pastors don't teach about hell. So if you could address the enemy and issue a warning, what would you tell them about hell? Well, I would say that, listen, you just got by a few minutes on this side of eternity. Like my wife says, you know, is those five minutes of fame or money or whatever, uh, you know, you're going for worth, you know, jeopardizing your soul. I mean, hell is a real place. It's a it's a terrible place. And you are going to die. I mean, every single day we're closer to departure. Is this worth it? Is your badge $50,000 a year or $60,000 a year salary, is that worth losing your soul? I don't think so. I prefer to be a poor pastor. I prefer to be a prisoner in my own house, but obeying the word of God, than to become a prince with palaces all over the world and end up in hell. Because I'm telling you, it's just a short time on this side of eternity. And that is eternity. Eternity is a big time with God and it's not worth it. It's chasing after the wind. I'm telling you, uh, you're going to lose your soul and you're going to regret it. The very beginning of this program, of this show, it's it's inception, it's existence, not here today. I was approached with millions of dollars, 1,600 radio stations, immediate fame, instant cash, lavish lifestyle, really tempting, of course, as the enemy knew exactly what God was going to turn this thing into or was witnessing what he was because the enemy doesn't know the future, only God does, but he was witnessing what God was doing, the work that he was doing with this program, and it was difficult, but we turned it away. I'm so happy that I did, and we are self-funded. We're following Jesus. I mean, that's what we're told to do, and a good friend of mine explains it as the grains of sand, what you were talking about. I mean, we're looking at one grain of sand here on earth versus an eternity, which is all of the grains of sand, both above and below the water. The Bible tells us about the end times, and it's not hard to draw the parallels when you take a look around. Are we there? Well, you know, here is what I believe it's happening. I think that God was not pleased with us as a church. And I think what he allowed, he allowed the Nebuchadnezzars uh, to shake us uh, to what he, what he's doing around the world right now, he's shaking him. He's separating the real deal from the fake, the sheep from the, from the goats and the sheep from the walls. I think this is an exciting time that God has allowed us uh, to be alive. I, I, we are seeing the fulfillment of God's promises in front of our eyes. It's a very exciting time. It's a difficult time sometimes, but I'm telling you, I would not change uh, what is happening. I always pray, God, not my will, but thy will. I want to be in the middle of God's will in my life. And you see, I have been offered millions of dollars. Uh, just recently, if I would quit, I would be greatly rewarded. When I was in prison, the Crown Prosecutor offered me a deal. He says, you can go home, uh, just plead to one charge, and all the other charges will disappear. So the enemy is always working the same way, and I'm sticking with the entire uh, Sahara, if you will, all the sound, then just uh, picking up the one grain that maybe looks uh, very appealing at this moment. But our eyes, our eyes have to be focused on the future. 
our eyes have to be focused on the promises of God. Who offered you money to walk away? City Hall. They gave me $2 million. So they offered me $2 million and a land to build my church if I would quit feeding, feeding the homeless and, and preaching on the streets. And I remember that conversation. I said to them, listen, um, <laughs> that's very appealing. I need the money. You know I need the funds. Uh, however, I'm keeping my Jesus. You can keep your money. And then uh, they filed another court case. In your position, you have so many people that, you know, you're, that need to hear what you have to say, uh, whether it's the police or the crown prosecutors or, uh, you know, your congregation, your parishioners, people uh, who are seeking Jesus, people who Jesus loves and found him. Of all of those people, if you could address any group, what would you say right now and to whom? I would say to everyone, um, you know, first of all, we have to understand that there is a price that has to be paid for doing good. It costs the father his son. It costs the son his own life, his own blood. There is a price that we all have to pay for doing the right thing. And I would say it's all worth it. And my message to the church would be stand tall. The whole world is watching us. They're watching and are looking for hope. When I was in prison, the inmates would come to me and they were drawn to me. Because they said, we see that you have hope. The light has come to the darkness. So the world is desperately looking for the church. And also the people that are going crazy now, the people that are suicidal, turning into drugs, there is hope out there. There is truth out there. You can be set free. So my message is very simple. Jesus is the answer to all of your problems. You may not understand him. I get that. You may not know what he wants in your life, but I'm telling you, when you turn yourself into the hands of the living God, he is going to, uh, he's going to fix your problems. He's going to lead you every single day, and you will become the happiest man on earth. And he doesn't promise that you're going to be super happy and have a car, or that you're going to stay married, or that you're going to you know, find the perfect this or that, or that you're going to have a bunch of money. He doesn't promise that you're going to be comfortable. Many times walking with Jesus is one of the most uncomfortable things that you can do when you're here uh, under Satan's dominion, as God has allowed God with the little g to be God with the little g here on earth. So what are you willing to sacrifice is the big question. Pastor Archer Pawlowski, thank you so much for being here. God bless you. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. God bless you. All right, we're running a little long on this segment, and we'll be right back, and uh, we'll get into our fourth uh, fourth go-around out of six today. I'm walking, here's the thing, and I'm talking, by you and me, I'm hoping that you come back to me. You know, to, we're speaking broadly here, right? But this is for the purposes of communication. Um, we're going to tell a simple story to start off with, right? So broadly speaking, he puts two different cultures of people with dark skin next to each other. And one culture is these people from the West Indies. And one culture is this group of people who grew up in the South with slavery and all that sort of stuff. Now, what one group, the West Indies group, does really well. So a, a lot of the successful black people, people like Colin Powell, are originally from that cultural heritage. 
The other group is the group that you find in ghettos and African-American communities and all that sort of stuff. They don't do well, right? They don't get good education. They, you know, shoot each other. They're all these sorts of things. And the reason why Sol has been telling this story is because he's been trying to say, you know, when liberals look at the people in ghettos, they say, ah, racism. That's why they're not succeeding. And Sol is saying, no, it's not. Because if you look at this group from the West Indies, they also came from the experience of slavery. There was slavery in the West Indies. They are also black, so they also face racism, and yet they do well. So it has to be something else. And that other thing is the fact that these black people who are in the South, there's always been a big question, were black people robbed of their culture, or did they preserve their authentic African culture? And what Seoul is saying is that they were robbed of their culture, and so they picked up the culture of the people around them, and the people around them were rednecks. And if you look at the white redneck culture and the black redneck culture, they have a lot of the same values. They don't particularly respect education. They love Jesus. They use violence in their conflicts, and um, they, you know, there's there's just, you know, a lot of the same values and a lot of the same outcomes. And even Ebonics, which is, you know, black English, is actually all from the west of England. So it's actually this... What? It's from the west of England. So, for example, if you go to places like Cornwall, um, there used to be this amazing... Um, uh, these amazing ads on British TV, right, for this uh, this Devon custard or whatever. And they would always say, Devon knows how they make it so creamy. And they all talk like this, right? And so it doesn't sound like black English. But they do say things like, I be doing that, and we be doing this, and you be doing that, and they be doing that. And so there's that use of that copula, be, right, where instead of saying, I am, you are, he is, she is, they are, they just say, I be, you be, we be, they be, which is the classic feature of black English, African-American. Vernacular English. Right. Now, <coughs> the point is, is that... Mind-blower. Mind-blower. Now, let's imagine that... How do you think that Thomas Sowell has been received by liberal America? <laughs> Not well. Not right? well. Not well. And so, for example, Sowell has a book called Black Rednecks, White Liberals. Okay? And his whole point is that... You know, if you actually and, you know, again, like Sowell is, you know, he researches the shit out of this stuff. He really does his work. Now, if you if you look at the experience of African-Americans after slavery, after slavery, they do really they, they start to make real progress. Right. And a large part of the reason why they make progress is because you start to get a lot of people from New England, either, you know, black people from New England or white people from New England who come down and sort of reshape the culture. They create these schools and they're teaching those New England values. Right. It's those Puritan values of hard work, tenacity, all of that sort of stuff. And so there's all this progress. And you have people like Booker T. Washington. And Booker T. Washington was an actual slave. And then after he got his freedom, he got to go work in a salt mine, which is literally the worst job ever. And in Booker T. Washington's Up From Slavery, he tells this great story about seeing a schoolhouse, right? And that, you know, he thought that going into a schoolhouse was about as close to heaven on earth as you could get. Whoa. Like, this is a dude who wanted an education really, really badly. And that's a lot of what you find in the, you know, early black experience in, you know, the post-slavery period. And in fact, you know, blacks, you know, before sort of World War II actually had higher rates of marriage than whites, all of these sorts of things that, you know, are now supposedly a problem. And then there's this turnaround, right? The black experience starts to go south, right? It starts to get worse. And what year is this around? This is post-World War II, right? So, um, so post-slavery, 
black people experience uh, a rebounding. There's They're starting to make ambition, some progress. There's ambition. Progress. Yeah. And I mean, you know, if in terms of books to read, like, you know, just because a large, you know, a large part of what I'm trying to do in general is really let's move to the place of all people are created equal. Like, let's remove all these stupid distinctions, right, and really live that principle. And the problem is, is that in order to really live that principle, you need a new narrative that beats slavery. So, you know, it's not if you go and talk to racists, you can't just say uh, racism is bad. Like, that doesn't destroy racism, right? right? What destroys racism is when you make sense of the things that they know, right? They see, you know, people who are violent in the ghettos, or they see crime, or they see a lack of education, or they see that Africa is poor. And you're able to tell a better story that makes sense of the things that they know, but also comes out with the conclusion, oh, we actually all have the same potential. You're lucky if you can find a seat. You're fortunate if you have time to eat. Back in the classroom, open your books. Keep it, the teacher don't know I mean she looks. Soon as three o'clock rolls around, you finally lay your burden down. All right. I hope you enjoyed uh, listening to Arturo Pulaski. He got... Uh, as it mentioned there, I think he was in uh, solitary confinement for over 50 days um, for being a patriot up in Canada. And he was supposed to be speaking in Sutter County right at the time he got arrested and incarcerated. Uh, he was supposed to speak at Church of Glad Tidings. I think it was late March and um, obviously couldn't do that. But hopefully we'll see him in the future, although right now he's on house arrest, as you noticed. OK, um, I wanted to, let's see, what, I, what am I, okay, I'm just checking out my plan here. I wanted to mention uh, something that's going on that, that we've been looking at at Freedom Coalition here in the Yuba Sutter counties. Uh, the you know, Freedom Coalition is includes about 10 or 12 counties now in California, Northern California primarily, but in the Yuba Sutter area, we, we got involved in this thing called uh, the uh, managing of our organic waste. Now, when I think of organic, I think of non-chemical produced foods, like organic, non-organic, right? You go in the store, they have an organic section, right? But what this means is the uh, managing our organic waste. So there's these waste management, management boards or commissions throughout the state of California. And... Um, and then there's these boards of supervisors that are told what to do. This is totally unconstitutional, gang. The state makes up these rules that they then uh, push and mandate upon the counties and the cities. And so they went around to the jurisdictions, the cities and the counties, and said, <clears throat> you either do what we want to do with our environment or we will fine you ten thousand dollars a day now that now if they said we we want you to do this supervisors and city council may think this is stupid i'm not going to do this this is ridiculous these guys are out of their minds 
But then they have to weigh weigh the fact of it. either they get fined and then they have to go to court and that's going they're going to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars because the state has millions of dollars to fight cases, right? So this all goes back to Assembly Bill 32 in 2006, called the Global Warming Solutions Act. It's California's global warming. So it, it's an ego trip of uh, Jerry Brown and the legislature saying that they wanted to be the leader in every way in, in the United States. And they wanted to have stronger uh, climate standards than any other state and even the federal government. Okay. So I got a call this week from one of the folks that listens up in Butte County in Oroville. And he said, Lou, do you know anything about that? And I said, I know a little bit about it, but not a lot, but a little bit. But I know it's wrong what they want to do, and it's of no use. It's not going to produce any benefits. It's just going to cost us all a lot of grief and money. But uh, So he said, well, you research it and talk about it. So I thought, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do that because it, it is affecting – it's going to affect everyone in the state of California. So this is based on AB 32. You can look it up. And uh, the panel, Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, claims that – this is their claim – it's it's totally nutso. They claim that global warming pollutants have ris- risen to levels unseen in the past 800,000 years. Now, I knew a guy uh, 20 years ago that actually lived during uh, back in that time, 800,000 years ago, and he said it wasn't bad at all. But these guys somehow know people from about 800,000 years ago that say— um, they had a lot better situation back then, and now, since all of us moved in, we're causing all these pollutants that are causing the globe to get hot. Now, Thomas Sowell, I think I played the clip last week, Thomas Sowell, the, the economist, who's an amazing researcher and an amazing book writer, he said that the global warming thing is a racket, it's a money-making racket, it, and it is really a way to bring in control and communism. The fact is that temperatures were higher on the globe before the population got to what it is today, which is over 7.2 or 7.5 billion, right? So he said it's hard to prove global warming when it was actually warmer at times in the past when the the earth maybe had a million people or 500,000 because UN agenda 21 and UN agenda 2030 they want to reduce the population of the world by 7 billion people because they said that's the source of all our problems is people now the problem is that God doesn't agree with that and God said replenish the earth and multiply he didn't say multiply up to 5 billion or 500,000, he didn't put a cap on it. He just said replenish and multiply, you know, spread around the world and multiply. Uh, so Senate Bill 1383, authored in 2016 by then-Senator Richard Le- Ricardo Lara. Now, Ricardo Lara accomplishes two of the things that we that the modern-day um, – woke people or lefties want and he's a he's a minority times two he's a homosexual and he's a mexican uh 
And so he's he uh, has been uh, a number of things. He's like a career politician. He's been a senator, and now he's an insurance commissioner in the state of California. And uh, the bill that authored by Senator Lara, Senator uh, Senate Bill thirteen eighty three, it 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 mandates. That means it forces you to agree to this. It makes all your organic material. That does not mean organic versus inorganic. It means your food waste, anything that's that can be re- easily recyclable. It's now all going to have to go into a separate bin. Now, I don't know whether we're going to all get fourth toters. I already got three toters, right? You got the the green toter here in Yuba County, in Sutter County. That, that's where your garden waste goes, your lawn clippings, your tree trimmings, things like that. Then you got the blue one, which is your recyclable plastic, stuff like that. And then you got your gray one, which is your funky stuff, right? So, uh, so now he's saying organic material goes into separate bins, separate from garbage, like I just said in the gray deal, plastic blue and glass blue, right? Now here is Lara's reason for the bill or for what we're going to have to be forced to do. And it started at the first of this year, 2022. Now this is, if you accept the premise that we humans are causing the world to become warmer and therefore be a problem or have more CO2. Now there's been times in the past where CO2 was higher than today. Now you just can't, they don't care about that. They said, don't confuse me with the facts. We already made up our mind. So I'm going to read you something that is a quote from Mr. Lara about why we're having to do all this. And it's totally ludicrous. It's nutso. He's nuts. According to the author of the bill, California has been a proud and bold leader in the pursuing environmental policies to reduce climate change and address the sources that cause it. Now, do you remember the days when we it wasn't climate change, it was global warming? But because they could not prove global warming, it's just like that Charles Darwin said, if you can never re, if you never can find the link between how one kind of animal becomes another kind of an animal, then my hypothesis, my theory is baloney. They never have been able to do that with Charles Darwin, but they're not willing to call it baloney because they have taught air for hundreds of years now, since the 1850s. And Darwin was a racist, and they don't like to go back and admit that. So they just teach air. They teach you're spending money at the public schools, them teaching your kids a lie. Now they're doing the same thing. They started out with global warming, but they scratched or scrubbed that term. And now they call it, we're going to reduce climate change. Now the change, I've been here for almost 100 years in, in Yuba County, Yuba and Sutter County. And the climate changes every few months here. We have fall, we have winter, spring, and summer. It continues to change. And uh, this whole thing is baloney. I'm going to go ahead and read this. It says this, these policies are going to reduce climate change and address the sources that cause it. What causes it? They say, oh, uh, all this, all the waste, the methane farts from cows, uh, CO2. You remember, I remember this. Most people remember this in the early, early science lectures in grammar school. They taught us that plants, it's a kind of a miracle. I, I don't know why I didn't think of God. I just, nobody taught me about God in school or my parents didn't. 
It's kind of a miracle to think what a what a coincidence that plants breathe in our car- carbon dioxide that we get rid of, right? We bring in oxygen that plants make. Plants make oxygen and they breathe in our CO2, carbon dioxide. Is what kind of coincidence is that? So, um These policies have mostly focused on reducing emissions of CO2, the most significant long-term driver of climate change. Do you know that CO2 makes things really green, right? You need CO2. This strategy, Lara says, represents the next step in those efforts to establish a goal to reduce short-lived climate pollutants that are among the most harmful emissions to both health and global climate change. Now, it's interesting because I was talking to a really bright lady on the phone today named Diane Jager, and she she said that she has found a company that that has plants all over the world, and you can burn all your wastes, all types of waste, and it and the smoke is clean. And they turn around and use the power that off the burning of all these wastes, like they want us to keep track of that can, that can power up thousands and thousands of homes. In fact, she argued before the board of supervisors, trying to get them not to go along with this, that they could put up a power plant here and they could uh, take care of all the power of, of Eubin Sutter counties off just burning our waste. Isn't that interesting? They don't, the technology is already here. They just have to put up the plant. So um, anyway, it's interesting that these communists, this, this is what these people are as communists. And I want to, I want to say a couple things to hold on to. Everything that humans have tried to centrally manage has been a complete failure. Centrally managed healthcare produces lousy healthcare. Centrally managed agriculture it shrinks the agricultural output down so far that people will starve to death. We've already seen that happen in many communist countries. Everything, if they centrally manage transportation, your planes, your trains will never run on time. They'll always be screwed up. All the quality of anything that the government takes on goes down precipitously. So now they're wanting, they're wanting stores, grocery stores. They, they don't like the idea that all that food that isn't bought goes to waste. But here's the problem. Grocery stores are liable for those products they throw away. If they didn't throw them in the garbage bin and they gave them away to people and they got sick by a spoiled product, they would get sued. And the, and the uh, government of California would assist them to sue the the folks they had passed laws to do that so there there was time when we used to farm hogs and i there were other hog farmers in the area here where they would go around and pick up all the the uh, vegetable wastes to old tomatoes old funk they just throw in boxes we'd pick it up and we'd cook it and feed it and slop it to hogs and grow hogs very common it it they did people would pick stuff up i remember there was a guy that picked up all the grass in town when we used to dump the grass in marysville just dump it out on the street he would come and pick it up and he would feed his uh, animals his uh, cows steers 
So there was recycling is not a new thing, but this is, this is going to force all these stores who cannot, they, it's interesting. Uh, we used to, I used to, every once in a while, people call me and say, Lou, we, we just bought 50 pizzas and we ate 30 of them. And you know, we had a big turnout to do this or, or they had a big tri-tip deal or we got leftover food from this motorcycle run. And they'll call me and say, can you, can you place it where it would help people like help homeless drug rehabs, whatever. And we do, we take that food and we take it over and it's very welcome. It's fresh. It's fresh cooked, et cetera, et cetera. It's not spoiled. And we were able to use this. Or if there's products that, um, like uh, Gleanies for the Hungry in Dinuba, California, take cold peaches, fresh peaches, nectarines, things like that, and they clean them, pit them, slice them, and then they put them out on dry racks, and they dry them and ship that dried fruit all over the world. Hundreds of thousands of pounds. That's what that's what is a very positive thing going along with this. But this is going to try to it's going to force all the grocery stores, just like they forced them to get rid of their plastic bags, plastic or paper, right? Giving away free. Now you got to buy everything, right? They're still giving out past plastic and paper. They're, you're just buying it now. All they did is make it more expensive. We're not we're not sh- using less bags. So anyway, uh, this is forcing. They're trying to get you to handle all your little waste your your banana peels all your stuff and and compost it in your garden now now let me i've composted for years when i was a hippie boy and i used to grow organic vegetables and we had a big we had compost piles big using manure and hay and all that kind of stuff nobody's going to tell anybody when when those compost piles heat up and you put it like a smokestack in the center of them those things will kick off all kinds of heat and uh, pollutants in some kind of pollutants into the air you can't really see it but you can you can see it the heat coming off the pile that is not what they're after this this is actually not going to do anything positive for the environment i'm telling you it's not going to do anything positive for the environment what would do something positive is what diane jager has checked into (laughs) and she texted me i can't ever remember what the name of the company is but she's been doing research on it and let's see if i can find it here she says this company we've been looking at here with uh just sold to a european company and let and she is uh it's called cavant Cavanta, Cavanta. If you want to look it up, Cavanta.com. It's sustainable solutions that ensure no waste is ever wasted. And this is where they produce power, and we could produce enough power to take care of all the households in Yuba and Sutter counties. Would that be awesome? And we could fulfill the zero waste requirement. Now, now, uh, San Francisco always claims they got zero waste, but you know how they get rid of it? They ship it up to Yuba County and put it in our waste in in our landfill out here on oswald road they put it in trains and ship it up here now that's what's going on it's crazy so that's what's happening how this is all going to come to pass i don't know how they're going to they're going to force it but they told the different jurisdictions they either had to sign because we had people in those meetings that complained and said don't do it and they said we have to do it if we don't agree to go go along with this they're going to find us ten thousand dollars a day you know, people, this is tyranny. This is complete tyranny, and it is ruining our country. So uh, 
Let me see if I can give a shout out to All Power Services. Those boys are busy. I saw him, uh, Will Fanning, at church the other night. He, they were he was blurry eyed. He's so busy. Uh, and uh, so you can reach All Power Services. You got any type of equipment that needs repaired? Get the motor running right. Get a tune up. Weed eaters, tractors, big rigs, big trucks, off-road vehicles, motor motors for boats. You can call All Power Services at 844-0347 with a 530 area code. 530-844-0347. Talk to Will Fanning and Josh James. If you are a good mechanic they uh, on small engines and stuff like that, they are looking for help. So they're at 1469 uh, Stewart Road, and that is just south of Yuba City in California. And you can get there just off Highway 99 towards the west. Not really easy to get to. And they got a shop down there. They're going to need to expand and probably move. And all kinds of people want to take want them to take on equipment lines. Uh, they also do custom welding fabrication. So uh, check it out. They can help you if any of your projects. You got something you want to build or make, and uh, they can help you. Also, uh, I think we're going to take a break. We're at the end of our fourth segment, and we'll be right back. Through this world, nothing can stop but to love And you, you are my girl, and no one can hurt you. Oh no, yes I. I tell him how our color gets named. There's a question that must be on everybody's lips. Come to think of it, how did the Hakawis get their name? Glad you ask. Many moons ago, tribe leave Massachusetts because pilgrims ruin neighborhood. Tribe travel west. Over stream, over river, over mountain, over mountain, over river, over stream. Then come big day. Tribe fall over cliff. That's when a cow gets name. Medicine man say to my ancestor, I think we lost. Where the heck are we? Where the heck are we? What's going on? Here, have a, have a seat. Oh boy, do I have some news for you. Ooh, what is it? Okay, okay, you're, you're not, you're not going to believe this. The Washington Post is saying that Hunter Biden's laptop is real. It's real. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's not Russian disinformation like we were told. It's real. I mean, the, the emails and the pictures. I mean, the Washington Post, they're, they're saying it's, it's, it's real. The, the laptop is real. 
China that's affiliated with the Chinese Communist Party while his dad was vice president. And they're saying he delayed paying taxes on it. I mean, can you believe this? Tiffany, um, I have known about this for almost two years. This information came out right before the 2020 election. The mainstream media just didn't cover it. And you listened to the mainstream media. So that's why you didn't know about any of this. You've, you've known about this for almost two years? Yeah. Do you accept government tyranny? I don't. I'm Randy Thomason with your SaveCalifornia.com Minute. Are you aware of the 10 tyrannical bills of the Democrat state legislators in Sacramento? These bills trample your medical freedom, religious freedom, free speech, parental rights, and ownership rights. So far, two bills have been dropped due to heavy lobbying. AB 1993, The Jab or Your Job, and SB 920 created an anti-doctor Gestapo. Yet passing a Democrat-controlled committee is SB 1479, requiring all government schools to have a COVID test plan. How unnecessary and invasive. Because this is new tyranny and an election year, we have a chance to stop these bills on the assembly side. See more and join the battle at SaveCalifornia.com, championing your values in California. It's me, Eric Adams, mayor of New York. And yes, I do have a gay filter on my phone to show my love and respect for all the gays and rainbow sexuals that live in Florida and they are in danger, which is why I'm announcing that I'm putting all the monies that were supposed to go to save in New York into buying tons of billboards to lure in the gays and pandasexual peoples to come to New York. It's not safe in Florida. You need to get off the pristine open beaches and come to the piss-covered streets of New York where you're safe to witness a murder. And I also, I know you love the brunch, so I'm going to make sure avocado toast stays under $600 if you can show your gay's card. You need a gay's card. Here we go with segment number five. I'm not going to wait till we get to talking and then lose track of time. So I'm going to get it in the fat part of the uh, segment. I wanted to uh, play a clip here. This is a man that is, uh, it's just like in the United States, you know, <clears throat> if you're from California, you may, you may marry a lady or marry, marry a guy from Utah or Idaho or Virginia or whatever. And so you end up with people from mixed states. 
So it's not unusual when you had the former Soviet Union with all these, with gobbled up all these countries like Ukraine and Crimea and Yugoslavia and Czechoslovakia, et cetera, et cetera, that you end up with people that marry into other groups. So you, so this guy is Ukrainian that's talking here, and he's Russian. He's got both in his background. Very interesting discussion. So he, it says here, Ukrainian man tells the truth about what Putin is doing and why he's doing it. Now, what I keep telling people is that the same people that are lying to you about COVID are lying to you about Putin and Ukraine. And all the, the uh, spoiled brats of leading Democrats are over there in Ukraine cashing in on corruption. That's Pelosi, that's Kerry, uh, that's Biden. Seems like there's a couple others, but they're all over there cashing in millions and millions of dollars and uh, for influence uh, at, in the, uh, the United States Congress. Okay, so we're going to play this clip right now, and then we'll be back when it's done. Not the people of Ukraine, but the government, the people currently in charge, Ukraine as a country from a structural standpoint is a cesspool of criminals, Nazis, child traffickers, money laundering, bioweapons manufacturing, chemical weapons manufacturing. It is probably in the top five or six countries in everything that I've just mentioned. Putin is not attacking the Ukrainian people. And again, I'm not a fan of war. I'm just telling you the facts here. He is attacking the deep state cabal that has embedded itself in the Ukraine. The CIA has been there for a long time. The Biden family is knee deep in corruption with the Ukrainian criminals in charge over there, as are many senators, congressmen, as are many U.S. billionaires, as are many world leaders, in fact, okay? Many U.S. officials have gotten kickbacks, including, we know, Hunter Biden, Sleepy Joe's son, okay? There is so much going on behind the scenes there in Ukraine, it's mind-boggling. The deep state is real deep in Ukraine. The Rothschild banks have a field day over there. The elites in the cabal have a field day over there. Okay, if you know anything about Hunter Biden, you'll understand why he made a fortune over there and why he, he has dealings over there, okay? Putin is going after the deep state that is in Ukraine, okay? But Jared, I saw a video, an innocent family. I know, and sadly, in any war, as I said, there's always going to be innocents who uh, who suffer, and it's it's heart wrenching. Okay, it's terrible. Sadly, that is a fact of war. Okay, and just remember, y'all remember when Trump, before he became president, when he was president, you remember everything the media was saying about President Trump. Orange man, bad. That's all they kept repeating. Orange man, bad. Didn't matter what he do. Orange man, bad. You notice it's the same damn thing now about Putin. 
Trump's not in the picture. So Russian man bad. Russian man whose name is the same as our national dish here in Quebec, Putin. Russian man who eats cheese curds bad. It's the same rhetoric, the same propaganda. Okay? The Ukrainian system, the Ukrainian government, those in charge in Ukraine are criminals and it is a cesspool. Putin, I'm not saying he's a wonderful man, but he's always been against child trafficking. He's always been against devil worshipers. He's always been against the Rothschild cabal. He's always been against the New World Order. Okay? And Ukraine is a cesspool of all of that, and it's on his doorstep. It's in his backyard. And for those of you who don't know history, this whole situation between Ukraine and Russia goes back hundreds of years to even before the Crimean War. The original one, I believe, was from 1853 to 1856. And we all know that Putin annexed, okay, Crimea in 2014, March 2014. Okay, number one, many, many Ukrainians would rather be under Putin's rule than the criminals in the Ukraine. And let's not forget that almost 20%, I believe it's 17 point something percent of all Ukrainians identify as ethnic Russians. So this is not a simple thing. It's not a simple matter. Ukraine wants to join NATO. NATO despises Russia and Putin. So you, so now the cabal is in Ukraine, but behind closed doors. They can't come out openly as being there. If Ukraine were to join NATO, they could amass a NATO army right on Russia's border. Putin's been warning them for years to get out of Ukraine. He's been warning the criminals and the cabal in Ukraine to get out for a very, very long time. And they didn't, and they made it worse. So I'm just gonna fin I'm gonna finish this this video with a couple of quick things. Okay, one understand that Ukrainian people are good and decent people. The government is a deep state criminal cabal, one of the worst on the planet. Fact, and it's on Putin's doorstep. It's on Russia's doorstep, right in their backyard. Okay. And I would say that Putin's done a lot more to protect Ukrainian people and the people in the other breakaway states far more than anyone else. Okay? Two, look at the media propaganda. Not only orange man bad, Russian man bad. But it's Ukraine, Russia, Russia, Ukraine, Putin, Ukraine, Russia. You don't hear about COVID anymore. You don't, you don't hear any more talk from anyone. Look at how well the propaganda works. No one's talking about how the people, the elites, and the criminals and the government who have pulled this COVID shamdemic on us over the last two years and what they've done to us over two years, all of a sudden you don't hear anyone talking about them getting arrested anymore. Here in Canada, you had a dictator put us under our version of martial law for absolutely no reason. All of a sudden, you don't hear anyone talking about that anymore. You don't hear anyone talking about the heart attacks after the jabs. You don't hear anyone talking about 
HIV from the jabs. You don't hear any talk anymore about any of the criminals and the elites and the lying media and what they've done to us for the last two years. It's disappeared. Boom. Gone. Gone. It's all about the war in the Ukraine. And it's not a war. It's going to end soon. It's not a war. They're pushing the propaganda so that they can jack up the gas prices and the food prices and make everyone suffer even more. If they're going to put sanctions on Russia, Russia's going to fight back and prices are going to go up. But that's exactly what the evil cabal wants. So they're used. They knew Putin would do this because they pushed him to this point. Putin himself has said many times that the new world order is in Ukraine. Well, it's in many places, but very much so in Ukraine. And that Ukraine is being run by foreign interests. And he's 100% right. And just look at the media. You don't hear any talk about anything else anymore. Everyone's already forgot about the heart attacks and the HIV. And the lockdowns and the suicides and the curfews. And everything else they've done to us over two years. Okay? Mandates. All, no one's talking about it. And look how well the puppets in the media, the criminals in the media with their propaganda, look how well it works. And let me end the video on, on one, one note. I expect the sheeple to eat it up. I was somewhere today, I don't want to say where, and I overheard a conversation where a woman was telling somebody else how it seems like in the winter, COVID's always going to keep coming back. So I guess we have to get used to this. But I don't know if I'm ever going to feel comfortable not wearing a mask anymore. I think no matter where I go for the rest of my life, I might be wearing a mask. People like her, I expect to eat up the bull crap from the media and from the government. That's what sheep will do. They will believe everything and anything you tell them. And half of the world are sheeple. Half 50% of the population are those type of people that will drive along wearing a mask, that will get 18 jabs even after they tell you that you, you know, you don't need them anymore. They will believe whatever they're told. I expect the sheeple to fall for this media blitz propaganda about Putin and Russia. I am disappointed in most of the people who claim to be awake, who can't see through it. The same people who were able to see the COVID pandemic, shamdemic, scamdemic for what it was. The same people dancing in Ottawa and supporting the truckers for freedom are eating up this bull crap like Putin, like the real Putin with the cheese curds, fries and gravy. It's mind-boggling to me. Believe me, with all due respect, you're not awake if you think that there's nothing more here than a bad Russian man who's decided to invade a sovereign nation. You're not awake if you know nothing about Ukraine, my friends. You're not awake. I don't care how much you could support the freedom and how much you were against mandates. You have absolutely no idea what's going on in this world 
if you don't understand what the cabal is and that one of their headquarters is in the Ukraine and it happens to be on Russia's border, right in Vladimir Putin's backyard on his doorstep, okay? You're not awake. And it's mind-boggling to me how many so-called awake people just can't see it. So what, all of a sudden you, you were smart enough to not believe the media over the last two years because you saw that they were criminals and actors and puppets and paid buffoons and that they were lying to you on a daily basis, many times a day, but all of a sudden they're telling you the truth about Russia and Ukraine? Are you freaking kidding me? Are you freaking kidding me? So if you think that you're awake, do yourself a favor. You need to go down that rabbit hole a lot deeper, my friend. A lot deeper. Because I have two accounts and on both my accounts, I've got 5,000 people. And I think most of them are so-called awake people. I've kind of weeded out all the sheeple. But I'll tell you something, 90% of them are falling for the crap. They're falling for the media blitz and the media propaganda. And it's mind-boggling to me. That all of a sudden, today, all of a sudden, the media is telling the truth. And the governments are telling the truth about Ukraine and Russia. Go down that rabbit hole a lot deeper. Putin's going in there to clean out the deep state cabal. Jared out. All right, so I know that's going to be hard for uh, some of you to stomach and swallow that, uh, that Putin isn't the nasty bad guy that uh, they say he is, but that's the truth. So these are the same people bringing you the uh, mainstream news lies that brought you the COVID lies, that brought, brought you the Russian collusion with Trump, and on and on and on and on. It's just one thing after another. I'm not going to repeat what that guy said. I'm just wanting to try to get you to think it through and wake up baby wake up wake up wake up so uh i was uh wanting to mention to you that north valley paralegal is just a half a block down the street from alan's auto body who uh, made my car look brand new my old car just looks like it rolled off the showroom come on almost got new car smell in it and uh, North Valley Paralegal, if you want to fix some kind of legal issue you have, you could. There's all kinds of things that you got to just take care of. Maybe somebody died. You need to get do probate. You need to do something with the will. Just all kinds of stuff. Child custody cases, all kinds of things. So North Valley Paralegal can do it better, cheaper, faster, and kinder. And with an honest, fair person, Nellie Garcia's down there at 751 Sutter Street, right just around you can um, you can see the clark's operation allen's auto body from her door almost and uh, so north valley paralegal you can dial her up at 530-751-9289-9289 she said she is slammed with business things are going good good for her happy for her uh also thrifty rooters busy 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 i talked to them i talked to i think it was carla i was texting here a while back carla artaminko uh <clears throat> They thrifty rooters got all kinds of plumbing vans out there, <clears throat> and then they have the big rigs that can actually pump septic tanks. So if you have that need out there, we have a lot of rural areas where people have got to handle their own sewage. So you can get that done. If you go on their website, you can find a whole list of all the things they do. They run down cameras down your pipes to 
to tell you they can look and see what's down there. You don't just guess anymore, right? You don't have to be psychic. You don't have to be the psychic plumber. So Thrifty Rooter, you can go on their website at thriftyrooterad.net, not .com, not .org, not .us, not .me or something. Just put .net and get over there and look at everything they they offer, and then you can just type in. If you want to just, instead of call them, just you can type right on their website what you want. Click on those things that you want. Write any comments. Put your address, your phone number. Boom. You just send it over there. Click on send, and it goes. Or you can talk to one of their dispatchers at 530-673-8201. You know, it's cool when things get repaired. I love to repair things around my house. We're working on the East Street building. It's looking good over there. And we're just repairing one thing after another. In fact, the night watchman for the doctor's office next door said, man, you guys are really making it look good over here. So proud of taking an old ancient building, 100-year-old building, putting new windows, new flooring, and just making it really look nice, just giving it some love, showing some love. Uh, also, Greenwich Construction, Dave Greenwich helped us over at the E Street building the other day. He Now he's switching over to building a set you heard the advertisement here on the show today, building a set at Glad Tidings to put on a big play out there. So that's one of his side hobbies is putting together sets for plays. And his wife writes them and directs them. So there's going to be a great play at Glad Tidings. It's one of the biggest, it, it, it is the biggest venue, even including the college, uh, where you can go see live play, live music, uh, just wonderful uh, original plays original music and see some wonderful uh, young and old uh, actors uh, just entertain really family entertainment you can bring the kids there'll be a break in the middle where you can get some refreshments so come out to that at the uh, embassy theater but dave greenitz is a multi-talented guy with his wife uh, she um uh, Known, I've known her since she was in high school. You know, knowing Dave right after he got out of high school, they found each other uh, up at a commune we were all living in, got married, and lived happily ever after. How about that? So Greenest Construction, if you want to see some amazing bathrooms and kitchen remodels, go to greenitzconstruction.com, green with E-T-Z on the end, construction.com, or you can go to Dave Greenitz Construction Facebook page, and you can see the real deal, right? You don't have to ask permission to go see a kitchen. You can just see photos before and after and even some floor plan changes that might give you some uh, inspiration to change yours around and make it better livable. Maybe just you become accustomed to something, but now you can say, oh, that would be unbelievable if it was that way. So they all do They do other kinds of remodeling. They do uh, even whole house fans, but they're very, very busy doing lots of kitchens right now, according to Dave. So you can connect with him off those platforms, the Facebook or the website platform, if you want to send him a message or ask a question. If you want to talk to him personally, it's really easy. You dial 530-682-9602, or you could text him, 530 682 nine six zero two okay we're gonna take our final break and have our final 20 minutes we'll be coming back in just a second I'm alive because there's more he didn't let me die he didn't let me die he didn't let me die 
It seemed to me he was saying that the golden age for America, when it was truly a land of opportunity, was the late 19th, early 20th century. No regulations, no permits, no red tape. I would argue that the government played a decisive role in an enormous grant to the railroads in creating an American capitalist economy. And secondly, if you go back to that golden age, you find that the government constantly intervened in a rather characteristic way. It used troops against strikers. Uh, American labor history has been the most violent, bloody class struggle anywhere in the world. And the government up until 1932, the law, the courts, the society, always uh, sided with business, always sided against working people. Therefore, I would argue that both economically and in terms of repressing the attempts of people to assert their freedom, a government prior to the rise of the welfare state in this country was more or less owned by business. Mildred Friedman. <clears throat> Michael Harrington is seeing the hole in the barn door and he's not looking at the barn door itself. The plain fact is during the whole of that period, while government did intervene from time to time and mostly to do harm, I agree with him that government intervention was in the main not a good thing, tariffs for example. On the other hand, throughout that whole period, government spending, federal government spending, central government spending never was more than 3% of the national income. It was trivial. The land grants to the railroads were a minor factor. I'm not, I don't approve of them. I'm not saying they were a good thing, but they were a very minor factor. One has to have a sense of proportion, and that goes to the whole discussion. I am not an anarchist. I am not in favor of eliminating government. I believe we need a government. But we need a government that sets a framework and rules within which individuals, pursuing their own objectives, can work together and cooperate together. And they work together and cooperate together not only in economic areas. Well, what you... Michael Harrington? I, I just think that... that two things. One, uh, to view freedom positively, I think people over 65 years of age in the United States today are freer now because of Medicare. I do not think that the freedom to die from the lack of medicine was a very good thing. Secondly, related to industrialists, uh, I uh, think that uh, one, of the, one of the startling things about American history is that when Franklin Roosevelt was saving the system from itself, the main beneficiaries were screaming bloody murder at him for being a traitor to his class when he was in fact the salvation of that class. And I think if you, therefore, if you look at our history, I do think you find a tremendous myopia on the part of industrialists, and you find that the positive increments to our freedom, interestingly enough, have not come from the college graduates, but often from uh, people with, uh, not from the best people, it's come from working people, it's come from poor people, it's come from blacks and uh, uh, Hispanics and the like. Milton, would you reply, but then tell us why you took us to Hong Kong to prove something? Sure. Unaccustomed as I am to agreeing with Michael Harrington, <laughs> I will agree in part with what he's just said. I do not believe it's proper to put the situation in terms of industrialist versus government. On the contrary, one of the reasons why I am in favor of less government is because when you have more government, industrialists take it over, and the two together form a coalition against the ordinary worker and the ordinary consumer. I think business is a wonderful institution, provided it has to face competition in the marketplace and it can't get away with something except by producing a better product at a lower cost. And that's why I don't want government to step in and, uh, and help the business community. Now, I want to go to your question about Medicare. There are many people who have benefited from Medicare, but you're not looking at the cost side. What has happened to the people who are paying for it? It isn't, we don't have a free good. It isn't coming from nowhere. And are they benefiting from it in a cost-effective way? Those are the questions. It's, it's demagoguery, if you'll pardon me, Michael, Michael Harrington, to say the people who have Medicare 
are freer? Of course, in one dimension. But they themselves have been paying all their lives. And have they gotten a good bargain? At the moment they have. The young men, the young working people who are going into Social Security now, they're going to get a very raw deal indeed. We're in Southern California, so there's probably some cholos here tonight. <laughs> I see you, boo. Uh, recently, I was invited to Cholo Church. <laughs> it's kind of like regular church, but a little different. <laughs> right? Because like at regular church, they're very warm and inviting. Hi, welcome to Christ for the Nations Baptist Church. Come on in. Two of you. Okay, it's your first time here. Come sit up in the front, closer to the anointing. Up in the front, two seats. Thank you. Two seats. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. a different congregation at Cholo Church. <laughs> the people at Cholo Church, the Lord has really brought them through some stuff. And by stuff, I mean 10 to 15. <laughs> this is how the guy was giving the announcements when I first walked in to Cholo Church. Y'all, what's up, eh? Church about to get started. I'm gonna have to ask y'all to take your seats. If you don't have a seat, one will be appointed to you. <laughs> y'all, what's up, eh? You need some seats in the back? You need some seats? Hey, Savaski, come right here in the front. Come right here in the front. What'd I say? Why are you acting all scared for? Uh, you're pointing at me with your hand shaped like a gun. It's literally a handgun. But this church was legit, though. I gotta give them that. They were straight up. They were legit. Like, when I say you could see Jesus on him, I mean literally, because he had him tattooed right here. Straight dedicated. You know, I, was, I mentioned earlier about Dr. Cassidy and I have been working together on various projects. We worked together in the Yuba County Jail for years until COVID happened. And then we worked together with addicts and then we worked together on removing tattoos off people. We're not anti-tattoo, but sometimes people put them in places and say such things that causes them problems in later in life. And then they decide, oh, I think I'll take that off. So we're trying to do that, uh, make that easy, and we started doing it in juvenile hall and in jail, and then we also do it out in the community. But uh, with different changes now, we do it primarily in the community, and they, they transport the juvenile hall kids over occasionally and gets, get them removed. But if, if you want, if you have a tattoo that's on your face, neck, hands, arms, or if you're a female and you have it on your lower ankle, leg, foot, we will take those off. Uh, we do not take them off like back and stomach and down thighs where you can clothe, clothe that area. So if you want to get them removed, we do it cheap. And so it's $50 per session, and uh, we'll, we'll take as many off as we can for the, uh, the time of the session. 
and uh, we do it once a month on the second Friday of the month. And all you have to do is call Church of Glad Tidings at 530-671-3160. That's 530-671-3160. And then go to the extension for Karen Mullen. You don't have to wait to hear it. You can just put in 242 and leave a message. Hey, I'm interested in a TATS program, TATS off program. So she works a, a few days a week. She works three, the Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So uh, you can uh, call her. We can take an application or a, you know, startup thing over the phone. Uh, and you don't have to come in and show us your tats. You just sh- tell us where they are. We mark it on a, a schematic. And uh, then you, we set you up on coming in. Pretty simple. Very simple. Low on administrative and low on cost. And uh, we just get the job done. So if we can help you, great. Uh, so finally, elite universal security has been a big supporter of this, uh, operation for years. And I want to thank Monty Hecker. Uh, he's at five, five, four, eight feather Boulevard in Yuba County. And if you, he started, uh, he was at Beale air force base working for the air force, <clears throat> working for the air force for years. <clears throat> then he retired and started this business many, many years ago. And now it's expanded all over Northern California but they still are headquarters here and headquartered in Yuba County. They dispatch out of here. So if you're looking for a job, you'd like to be a guard or you're thinking about, oh, maybe I'd like to go into law enforcement. And uh, but you want to just stick your toe in the water. You could be a guard or if you're if you're retired and you want to work part time, that's a great job. So call them up at 530-749-0280, 530-749-0280. Uh, or you could go to his website at Elite University, Elite Universal Security, EliteUniversalSecurity.com. Or you can go to his uh, website for his schooling where he trains people at API-Academy.com. So if you uh, are looking for help with security issues or vandalism issues or homeless damaging your property, uh, or people just stealing your property, whether you're a farm, you're a business, you're a residence, uh, he can help you, uh, Monty and his people can help you with technology, thinking through how to manage people while you're not there, help. Like I'm over there at E Street a lot working, and there is some, sadly, uh, we we have, uh, our streets has, have become our mental hospitals. It's really sad. I mean, people aren't just high. They're nuts. They are nuts. And so uh, you, there's no question. I see people that are uh, climbing in buildings, all kinds of stuff. And uh, there just aren't enough police. When, you're, when your community, when the virtues of the community are gone and the morals are gone and people don't believe and God, and they don't follow God, and therefore they don't discipline themselves by the word of God, you end up with anarchy. You end up with craziness. And uh, now we have these uh, assembly people and senators that have no idea what they're doing. Supervisors have no idea what they're doing. And uh, they are, they, they are once a plumber, they are once a carpenter, and now they think they are Solomon of old, the most wise guy on the earth, and they just create havoc. And uh, they stand in the way of law enforcement and create 
in fact, I've talked to law, numbers of law enforcement officers that are quitting the business right here in local Yuba Center. I said, Lou, I, have, I hate this job. I, I used to love it, and I hate my job. I want out, but I, I don't know what to do. I'm right at, I got years to go before retirement. I hate my job. This is ridiculous what's going on here. I agree totally. Uh, but when you when you vote people in that are nutso in the assembly or they're wallflowers like guys like uh, the Congress, Doug LaMalfa, James Gallagher, I can name a whole list of them. Jim Nielsen, they just coasting, collecting the big cash, getting their getting their uh, per diem checks. Uh, it's a scam. It's a big scam is all it is. We don't have really we don't have righteous public patriotic representatives anymore. They wouldn't do the job if you didn't pay them fantastic money. The early patriots that that represented this country in the first congresses believed it was shameful to take pay, and it would that would pollute and corrupt the people taking pay for the job, and that's exactly what it's done. Our country has been ruined uh, by it. So. Uh, Anyway, we need security more than ever. I talk to people all the time in the city of Marysville. People, uh, in fact, somebody just told me, I forget where it was, but there's apartments or whatever where people were climbing over the barriers around people's patios on the backside of the apartments and sleeping in there. And now they're trying to, it's just one thing after another. You're trying to forbid people to break through and violate your space. But uh, Elite Universal Security can help. Give them a call at 749-0280. If you, want to, uh, if you need a concealed weapons permit, more and more people are packing weapons, packing mace, packing uh, pepper spray, packing tasers. Uh, people are know that they, times are they're changing, and they're not getting better because we have such spineless, representatives that don't give a rip about the constitution and are flying by the seat of their pants and they don't know what they're doing. They're crazy. They're, a lot of these people in the state assembly and state Senate are absolutely nuts. So, uh, so give elite elite universal security a call. If you're out here in another County, you can, you're listening to us and you're up here in Northern California. You might give them a call and, or go on their websites and see if they're up in your area doing jobs. You might be surprised. You, we're not asking you to come to Yuba, Yuba or Sutter County. You can just drop right in and may take on a job, a government job or any kind of job up there in, in your county and run right into uh, Elite Universal Security. So check it out. All right, I'm going to go on, and uh, uh, this is an update from Kevin Kiley. Uh, I think it's elect Kiley. I don't know if it's electkiley.com, electkileycongress.com. Anyway, you ought to send him some money. He needs help. Uh, you, you know, it's interesting. Conservative people a lot of times say they're unhappy with who's leading us, but they won't spend the money. They won't contribute to somebody. They're not going to run for office, but they won't co- contribute money to someone who's running for office. And uh, then we wonder why we're in trouble and we have liberals who will spend the money. And then you have people that make your life miserable and they, then they uh, end up with all these health investigators running around town, investigating you all the time. 
you know, I've been thinking about lately. I, I, I haven't looked up on the Sutter County or Yuba County websites to see if I could look at the budget for the health department. I would be in favor of eliminating the entire health department. We have got such corrupt people in our health departments. And uh, for the most part, we could do everything done in the health department through private industry if government would just get out of the way. It's inefficient, it's a waste of money, and it's a violation of people's liberty. One of the gals, um, uh, her, her name's Ashley Hernandez. I don't know whether she's going to run for city council up in uh, Live Oak or not. But they told her, oh, you know, she got sick during COVID, didn't even know whether it was COVID or not. She just out of work for a couple of days, called in, said, hey, I'm not feeling so hot, going to stay down for a couple of days. Called back in at the end of two days, said, hey, I'm, I'm, I'll be in tomorrow, uh, feeling lots better, da-da-da. They said, oh, you can't come in. You have to go get tested and talk to Dr. Lou and all that kind of stuff. And so she went and got tested. They said, oh, yeah, you have COVID. You know, everybody had COVID, right? It was a corrupt test. So then they told her they sent the sheriff by her house. This is amazing, people. This is the common cold. They sent the sheriff, a sheriff deputy, comes by her house and serves her with a document telling her she cannot leave the perimeter of her of her property or her house. Are you, you, you paying attention? That's what we're getting investigators. So in other, in other words, back in the old day, if you got sick, you, you were considered responsible enough to manage your own illness, whether you need to go to the doctor, go to the hospital, stay home, order some chicken soup, whatever, whatever, right? Now, they just want to expand government, expand government, just like they did with Measure K. Measure K was not a, a measure to just take care of the... Uh, Public safety. They've now add. They've now added an attorney in the county council. They've added uh, people in uh, public works. They all they did is expand government, right? That's exactly what they're doing in the health department. And so now instead of people getting sick and going to the doctor, we have the we have these health officials that are wanting to monitor my way and how I'm doing business over here. I don't want people poking their nose. That's why I got a no trespassing sign right in my front window that freaked my gardener out so bad. He did, he quit coming for a while because he thought I didn't want him to come on our property. What I don't want is people that that are employed by the government coming on, on my property and messing with me. Mind your own business. We don't need a thousand employees working for Yuba County and a thousand employees working for Sutter County. We need a small government. We don't have a small government. We're getting to the place where government is, is the hub of the entire wheel. And they're, they're causing businesses to fail left and right. Let me just, let me help you with a perspective. Would you have ever dreamed in your entire life that the board of supervisors would shut down and ruin your business? You know, it's amazing to me Marysville after Dan Flores became a supervisor. Now Marysville hired Dan Flores after he ruined businesses in Sutter County and caused him to go bankrupt. Now Marysville hires him to be involved in business development. Is that, is that like nutso or an oxymoron or what? Kylie 
who's running for Congress, writes up in his blog, said the supermajority scheme to turn my gas bill into a tax increase was such a debacle, they're destroying the evidence it ever happened. Today, the assembly did something no one had ever seen, passing a motion to strike the bill totally out of his existence. In other words, they nuked his bill after they couldn't get away with stealing the bill and creating a tax increase. Kylie said it was an extraordinary attempt at, at damage control after the most humiliating episode for the legislature of California in recent memory. But we're giving them a chance at redemption. Another vote on the gas tax is coming up. In other words, he's wanting to reduce the gas tax, take it off. By the way, do you know that the the Indian casinos, like up in Oroville, you can get gas under $5 a gallon? If you want to drive over there, so you can drive over, take your honey to eat at the casino or up there in the Oroville area. They got two casinos right there, but they got gas at one of them. And I saw someone took a photo of it. It was, it was under five, like four forty, four seventy, four fifty. 470, 450. <clears throat> Anyways, a huge deal because the Indians, uh, the tribal people don't have to pay those taxes. They're exempt from them. So um, he calls it, he's trying to get those taxes, and they're not very much. They're not going to reduce them very much. They need to just pump more oil out of the ground. That's what they need to do. Meanwhile, he says the bill to defund the police, they're up, they got a bill going through on that, uh, for not enforcing mass mandate. In other words, they want the police and the sheriffs to run around and enforce mask mandates and all this stupid stuff. You know, the danger, there's a greater danger in condoms and people not knowing how to wear a condom or not wearing one that'll get you sick and kill you versus masks. Why don't they run around and monitor whether people are wearing a condom like when they have sex? Like we could call one of these investigators from the health department and say, I think I'm going to have sex tonight. Do you, do you want to like take a snapshot and be in on it? Maybe do a threesome? That would That'd be good and be a Sutter County employee. But actually Sutter County employees have had a history of having threesomes. And now we could do it legit. You know, they could get paid as an investigator for the health department and come in and do a threesome or, or an orgy or whatever, and take photos, make sure people are wearing the condoms correctly. That's what investigators ought to do. So he says the defund police, uh, for not enforcing mass mandates. Is that unbelievable? was withdrawn by the author for a second straight week. He says, I suspect this is as good as dead, though he claims he's bringing it up for again in a couple of weeks. He said, put the pressure on. So uh, th there was a failure of AB 1993. That was the employer mandate. You remember that one? That was that make sure employers would make sure everybody got jabbed. That that was defeated. Uh, another awful bill, he said, requires parents to report the guns in their home to school officials. Is this unbelievable? And, you know, the schools are now overseen by Child Protective Service. You talk about communists and totalitarianism. It requires parents to report the guns in their home to school officials. That was also defeated last week. It's amazing. I'm shocked that they're even defeating these. Because it's a it's a lib legislature. 
One of the most vile bills ever introduced, AB 2223, has passed its first committee. Some people think it passed the legislature and became a bill. It hasn't got out of the legislature, and it hasn't been, you know, gone before uh, the governor for a signature. That's the process it has to go to, committee processes, and it, it passed its first committee, which is shocking. The legislation would decriminalize killing a newborn baby even weeks after birth. After you take the child home. So it passed out of that uh, health committee. It'll next go to the, uh, sorry, it was another committee it passed out of, but it now will be heard at the health committee whose members uh, get a chance to uh, push it or defeat it. Finally, uh, okay, finally, I've already told you about the mass scores. So, uh, all right, let's see. We just got a couple minutes here left. I mentioned about COVID-Con number two. I was going to try to tell you about uh, the Republican women's luncheon that's that they're kind of revising, upgrading, putting a new set of wheels on it, but I didn't get the dates sent over to me. So uh, you might you might hear it updated because we have a couple days before the Saturday live show happens. Uh, this is just here's another one. Uh, one. I got a minute and a half left. It says Sacramento County Supervisors. Remember I talked about the misappropriation and stupid spending on COVID funds. Sacramento County Supervisors. Uh, Evan Simon wrote in Epoch Times. Or no, Evan Simon writes for uh, California Globe. I uh, failed to disperse COVID-19 funds according to the grand jury report. So the grand jury investigated the board of supervisors in not properly spending the COVID funds. Okay. Just one problem after another problem after another judge tosses out law mandated diversity quotas on boards. You remember that when the legislature passed that they, you had to have a woman on every board, Right. Judge threw it out, said, I'm not even going to have a trial on it. This this was unconstitutional from the beginning, so I'm not going to waste our time on it. Uh, we just reject it, right? Um, so Jerry Brown signed Bill 826. Jerry Brown is an attorney, should have known better. Despite legal warnings that, forcibly public, that forced publicly traded companies based in the state and with operation located in other states to have at least one woman on their board by the end of 2019 and on boards of five or more directors and two or and two or three women by the end of 2021 he found the whole thing was nutso which it was i mean a lot of the things passed you think oh well they passed it so it's now law it's now right no it's not law or right it's like we no law if it violates a constitution is worthy to be obeyed we're going to call it a, a day a night whatever it is for you and uh, do something good out there this week help somebody out and uh, study the constitution see you in a week lord willing i see trees of green red roses too i see them bloom for me and you and I think to myself, what a wonderful world. 
Dark sacred night, and I think to myself. 